welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 154. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Google Play, YouTube. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. Follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei, and you can follow my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co-host, as always, I'm joined with him, the Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Been pretty good week. I, I I got a four day weekend, which I guess I'm in the third day of. Hey. Um, I ran a 5K, like an official one on Friday. How'd that go? That was pretty good. Wanted to die because freaking like I'm I'm not used to running in the cold or at like night. And this one was held at like five o'clock in the afternoon, so mm. like it was pretty cold. But you know, you, you manage. How long does a 5K take? Um, <clears throat> for like someone who's really good, probably around like like you know a high schooler who runs like cross country or whatever, 18, 20 minutes if they're really good, like state level, 15. Um, for me it took takes like maybe a half hour, a little less, on a good day. <clears throat> I can't run at all, so <laughs> yeah, it's like. It's like three miles. It's not terrible, but that's that's what's up. That's what's up. Speaking of, that's that's a little mini segue. Um, you happen to see the gentleman? I do not remember his name. The Kenyan guy who ran. Yes, the... uh, Kachoge. Jesus Christ, man, dude! Like I, uh, I was watching that at work yesterday. Um, cricket Kipchoge. Uh, I could not run half that far in the same amount of time it took him to run 26 miles like i i i can't stress how absurdly fast that is and like <laughs> so he ran 26 miles in like an hour and it was an hour 59 and like 40, 40. Something seconds yes and guys if you look at the video of him running i think he could have ran for another it didn't look like he was tired like, <laughs> no, maybe maybe it was just the energy of like the crowd, but he looked like he still had a lot more energy in him. It was yeah. that, that was crazy. Oof, that that was that was crazy. Yeah, um, like he, it's just an absurd level of athlete. That and like the mental. There's got to be at some point during the marathon where you're like, bruh, <laughs> my shins hurt. Like everything hurts. Right. Everything hurts right now. And dude just like I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah, he just he just Hold kept up. going. So twenty six mile like 
I'm trying to think. Uh, so it took him two hours, like a little under two hours to run 26 miles, right? So 120 divided by 26. This man was running four or five, like four and a half minute miles for two hours. Uh-uh. That's all, man. insane. Get, get that man, get that man on the Wheaties box. Get that, uh, get that man on the Wheaties box. <laughs> that, that is crazy, man. But yeah, I, I, I saw that story. That was, that was wild. But congrats to you for running 5Ks. I am not a runner. Um, I just, I, need, I know I need to, like I want to, but like I don't want to. <laughs> and so I haven't. Right, right. I have not built up the mental, I feel like I'm going to have to really psych myself up to like, all right, man, you got to run. Dude, there are a lot of good programs to get your body accustomed to running that far. Well, one of these days, one of these days, I'll figure it out. One of these days. I actually, I actually, um, my, my I got one of my coworkers to start running with me. We're supposed to go like next weekend, so that'll be fun. So you can run them into the dirt. <laughs> It's not. It's not about beating anybody. It's about beating yourself, bro. That is true. That is. Unlike all these fights where these people just beat the ever living shit out of each other. <laughs> Bam. Segue. There we go. My well, haphazard segue. <laughs> Before we get into that, shout outs to the listeners, real quick. Uh, thank you guys wherever you are in the world listening. Uh, I can't say watching because there's, there's no video, but uh. I mean, there's a YouTube video, but it's just the logo. Yeah, so if you're looking at that <laughs> for like two hours at a time, we appreciate you. So I'd say uh, you should just do like the old school like um, YouTube upload thing where like people will just like take Google photos and put them in where, the, uh, where <laughs> they bring up the topic. I should do that. <laughs> it just, it's just four hours of super, Google photos. Super generic, like photos and like when we get to fights i'm gonna pull up fights that aren't even ufc it's like a street fight like, it's, it's it's just the it's like an ea sports ufc game <laughs> oh Going people would hate me so much <laughs> they would hate us so much well like like bloody elbow calls their post fight uh, like post fight analytics show like it, they call it um the sixth round and every single video has some idiot in the comments complaining that the, that there was an actual sixth round? Oh boy! Why you gotta stay away from the comment section, man? It's a dangerous place. I mean, but, the only comment we got on YouTube so far was somebody being very upset about Michael Chandler. All right, <laughs> I do remember that guy. <laughs> Shouts to you wherever you are. Maybe you're in one of these states that uh, we're about to list. Top cities for the week, as far as listeners. Uh, Salinas, California, number two, Vista, California, number three, Denver, Colorado, number four, Sugarland, Texas, and number five, Compton, California. So shout outs to you guys. Appreciate the listens. Share Compton. With, there we go. Share with friends, coworkers. Uh, if you got to go to the hospital, share with the nurse. Um, share with your, your local cashiers. Uh, when you gotta go get your car service, you can share with the mechanic, uh, librarians, all all those people. Share with everybody you know. Um, it's Halloween coming up, 
So like um You could dress up as me and Sensei. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to like how can you leave the podcast in the candy basket? <laughs> I don't know if you can. Okay, you can you leave just, like a get a US uh, get 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 a thumb drive USB and put or, it in the candy basket. You can go to your local CVS, pick up some like blank CDs, start burning some episodes. <laughs> I, wait, I don't think one of our episodes would fit on the CD. Probably not. Yeah, because right, we're longer than any album I know yeah, of. Yeah, probably wouldn't. Just get a thumb drive. Put put all our podcasts on a thumb drive and attach no, it to the bag of Skittles. You, you, you make each episode like a three parter. <laughs> Part two of part one, episode one. Oh, part boy. one, news. <laughs> but you know. Part, part two, they lose the thread and just start talking about movies <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> My part three, they have no idea what they're listening to anymore. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but shout outs to you guys, man. Appreciate the, the you know, support and all. Um, I guess real quick, uh... I'll call this the programming alert. Um, so I mentioned last podcast that I'm coming up on vacation from work, which starts for me uh, technically Friday after 3.30 p.m., which I can't wait for. I really need this break. Um, and during this two-week hiatus, um, I've decided that we're just going to take a two-week break. So the cards that we will be skipping... Um, in which you most likely will not hear from us will be uh, was that UFC Singapore with uh, Askren versus Maya, and where's the Reyes versus uh Wild Friday? Oh, well, where where is it? Uh, in Boston. Boston. There we go. So UFC Boston, uh, Wildman versus Reyes. So, um, I mean, if you follow us on social media, we'll definitely be posting about it. I'm still gonna watch it, but um, there won't be any podcast those two weeks because I just kind of want to. We're both adults. We don't get breaks often. I figure we both probably need this break. And during my vacation, I have other projects and things I want to work on. So um, I'll be taking those two weeks off. So if you follow us on social media or on our uh, like Facebook page, the fights will be posted about if you want to join in on some conversation or just see our thoughts. But there won't be any podcast for those two weeks. But we will be back for uh, Masvidal versus Diaz. We'll definitely be back for that. So... Just wanted to throw that uh that that little programming alert out there. So that being said, we got a lot to cover today. Boy, has it been a lot of fights. We between literally every organization. Yes. <laughs> Everybody you can think weekend. of had had a fight between like Thursday and. Uh, literally up to a few hours before we just started recording this. We're recording this on Sunday morning on the 13th. And One Championship Part 2 just ended like two hours ago. Um, but yeah, One Championship was going on, Ryzen was going on, PFL, Bellator, UFC, Glory, um, Cage Warriors had a card, I think. Like, it, there were fights all over the place this week. So, with that being said, we probably will not be able to get to everything because there's just a ton a ton to cover but we'll get to what we can get to everybody else might just kind of get honorable mentions and and uh shout outs uh as we see fit but before we get to the fights get to some news a few fight announcements not too much but uh definitely a few notable stories going on but as far as fight announcements i'll get these out the way real quick uh 
We'll have Kai Asakura versus Kyoji Gorohuchi. <laughs> oh, sorry. Horaguchi. <laughs> I told you, when I typed these notes, I was all over. I literally just made these notes like two minutes ago. Kai Asakura versus Kyoji Horaguchi. Uh, this uh, rematch will be at the Ryzen New Year's Eve event on December 31st. Um, a fight that I don't know if any of us really asked for, but we're going to get it. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko versus Rampage Jackson. We'll be going down on December 29th, so, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I wish I had more enthusiasm for that fight, but, uh, I mean, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm not lying. I'll, I'll be watching, but probably not going to be too excited. But that's the thing that's happening. Um, also, oh, that's for Ryzen. Uh, as for UFC... Um, I'm going to give us all the credit for this fight. I think we spoke it into existence because every time we mention this division, we mention her name. And she's finally returned. Caitlin Vieira is back. She will be fighting Irene Aldana at UFC 245. So glad to see Vieira just back on the map. Um, definitely, definitely looking forward to that fight. And at UFC Washington, D.C., we will have a nice, violent weight, welterweight clash between Tiago Alves and Tim Means. So that is going to be pretty awesome. So there probably were more fight announcements, but I just kind of stuck with the the major headliners. I'm pretty sure there were more. I don't think we missed anything else. Um, All right. There, there probably was a few, but I don't know if there were any heavy, heavy hitters. And if so... We'll be yeah, there was probably. a boxing match, so there was a boxing announcement that we missed, but I can't think of it for the life of me. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to it eventually. <laughs> we'll we'll get to it at some point. But that's all I got for fight announcements. Um, as for news, <clears throat> um, all right, do, do we want to do the? All right, so we can do Spong, which is like bad news, but it's like kind of funny. Do, do we want to do good news first or like serious news first? I think the I think the delineation should be funny and serious. Okay, all right. Because the the spawn one is funny. All right, I'll, I'll let you kick off that one. <laughs> so, um, for those who don't know, Tyron Spawn was supposed to fight Alexander Usyk, and Usyk's move up to heavyweight this past um, Saturday. That did not happen. Uh, it turns out Spawn failed like two drug tests, um, or, or two of his samples came back, you know, positive for not good stuff. Um, and he got kicked from the card, uh, for Chaz Witherspoon, I think his name is. Um, but that wasn't the only trouble he had this week. So if you remember, uh, I guess it was only a couple months ago, uh, Spong was facing issues because he, uh, he was housing cougars, live big cat cougars <laughs> at his, a cougar, I should say, at his house, um, in Florida. Well, it turns out he's facing 23 criminal charges um, due to this incident where his cougar escaped his house and basically roamed around his suburb um, for a little bit. Um, I got the details here from the South Florida Sentinel, um, Sun Sentinel. The 60-pound cat showed up in Parkland in northwest Broward County last January, making residents nervous as it sunbathed on a driveway and hopped the fence into a backyard. Wildlife officers subdued it with tranquilizer and took it into a licensed wildlife facility. Although initially underweight, it made a full recovery. 
So this is also a malnourished cougar. Among the charges against Spong are allowing the cougar to escape, keeping it without permit, keeping it in too small of a cage, not providing it with shelter, failing to provide it with toys or anything to do, and uh. failing to provide clean water for exotic birds. Right. What? I, I, I didn't know about that last part. Apparently he also had exotic birds. <laughs> what is Spong doing? So the newspaper did reach out to Spong to get a comment, and uh, he, he came back with what I think is one of the great, one of, one of the better things he could probably do in this situation, which is to say, tell the Sentinel, I don't know anything about, I, I'm sorry, I don't know nothing about that before hanging up the phone and just forgetting it ever happened. Which is what I'd do in that situation, so I can't fault him too much for it. Um, so yeah, Spong uh, went from having the opportunity of a lifetime to now dealing with uh, cougar issues. He's like an episode of Archer. <laughs> I want to know this bird. I'm really interested to see what this bird is. Also, like, why is he? Like, what is the? What the? What is he feeding the bird if he's not giving it water? Like, is he just giving it like cognac? Where did he get the cougar from? There are a lot of questions in this that need to be answered. He just brought it with him from the Netherlands. This sounds like an episode of Mike Tyson's mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson just shows up and knocks out Tyson. <laughs> like, where are you getting all these animals from, bro? Like, where are they coming from? But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was a thing that happened. And that ruined his fight that we could have saw. But, uh, you know. It is what it is. Um, and I guess, uh, for done with that story, the other, uh, news we can mention, uh, Mr. Cain Velasquez, uh, actually before I cover this, shout out to the, uh, Technical File Podcast, they let me, uh, do a quick little blurb on this to explain to people who didn't know who Cain Velasquez is, give them a little insight as to what he did before his body broke down and things and, got sad. I mean, I think it says a lot when you fucking leave like a, an actual professional sport to go do like wrestling and you had to leave that sport because your body was falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So. But Cain Velasquez back on the map but it will not be in uh, fighting inside of an octagon. Uh, he is apparently removed from the USADA testing pool and he has allegedly signed a pretty lucrative deal with the WWE. I don't really follow wrestling that much anymore, so I can't go into too much of detail on this. But, you know, him and Brock Lesnar have a history, so that's going to be a feud that they play up, and that'll probably be a whole... I mean, he debuted last week, and it was a whole thing where he came out and attacked Brock Lesnar. Um, took him down, there was some fake ground and pound, and Lesnar ran away. <laughs> um, and they had a press conference. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. They had a press conference earlier this week where they announced that um, they were going to do Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury and Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar at the WWE's yearly um, Saudi Arabia propaganda event, uh, Crown Jewel. So, you know. That's a whole nother, <laughs> a that's whole a, nother topic. It, it, I have so many things to say, but 
we, we already have so much on our plate. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother. Yeah, if you don't know why, just do your Googles, man. Just you know. But Cain Velasquez is back. He'll be a wrestler now. I I I just hope and pray that this man body still holds up. Dude, he can do all the PEDs he wants now. True, true. I mean, WWE does test, but like, let's be real. I'm sure it's not the hardest test to not fail. Right. <laughs> so, I I just hope his body holds up, man. I feel like that dude is always just one injury away from things getting terribly bad. But shout out to Kane Velasquez. He'll be in the WWE soon. Uh, now on to the uh, the news that you kind of hate to cover, but it happens, so we kind of have to talk about it. Um, I, I guess the first one is. Not so bad because he is at least in stable condition, but I'm pretty sure you guys have heard about it by now. But if you haven't, uh, boxer who we just covered his fight a week or two ago, uh, Errol Spence Jr., uh, was involved in a really bad car accident. Uh, he was in Dallas in his Ferrari. Um, don't know the speed limit he was going, but apparently it was excessive. Says he was near Riverfront Boulevard and Interstate 30. Um, his car flipped over multiple times. He got ejected from the Ferrari. Um, if you've seen pictures of it, that, that Ferrari's done. Like, that's that's over with. Um, yeah, it, it was a really, like, serious situation. Uh, but luckily, if, if there's a silver lining, like, it seems like Errol Spence is okay. That, uh, from the article that I read, he mostly left that whole situation with, I think, like, a few broken teeth and, uh, like, road rash. Which, if you if you see what the car looks like, you know, that's that's <laughs> take that as a win. Could have been much worse. That 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 could have been a death, to be honest. Like that could have been over. Um, but apparently he's you know he's awake, he's alert. Um, you know, just gonna have to take time to, you know, heal up from injuries and and whatnot. But that was a scary headline to wake up to, like. That's one of those headlines you wake up to, and you, your mind immediately goes to the worst parts. Like, man, I, I hope he, I hope he makes it, cause like once you saw the pictures, it was like this does not look good, man. Um, does not look good. And I want to say, don't quote me on this. I don't think he was wearing a seatbelt. Uh, if he got ejected from the vehicle like that, he probably wasn't. Yeah. Which, yeah, man, I. Ugh. I don't know what he was doing at Dallas at like 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. I know it's sometime really, really early in the morning, but I'm I'm glad dude's okay. But guys, man, be safe out there, man. Don't don't just I don't know, man. Be be safe out there. Just just be safe. But I'm really glad to hear that he's okay because th this is one of those stories that could have could have definitely went the other way. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm happy. It sounds like he's gonna make a recovery. Um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. Don't speed. Don't not wear a seatbelt. Um, probably don't be out driving at like five a.m. in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> probably not a good. Uh, yeah, probably not a good idea. But prayers to him. Glad he's uh, apparently doing okay, so you know, keep keep an eye on his uh, recovery. Um, you want to cover this uh, Patrick Day? 
Honestly, I don't know too much about it other than seeing a couple people throw up some prayers prayers for him on oh. uh, Twitter. Did you? Uh, did you see? Do you haven't seen a knockout? I, I someone linked the knockout with me not knowing that it was the knockout, and I, I, I did not want to sit through the whole thing, so I, I bounced. Yeah. Like a uh, coward. Well, I mean, after knowing what happened, yeah, it makes it, it puts it into perspective, and it's crazy because it was one of those, like it was a bad knockout, but not. Well, I don't know, maybe because I didn't see it in real time, so I guess I can't really say. But, um, yeah, so there was a boxing... I don't know what card this was on. Um, but, uh, junior middleweight Patrick Day, uh, faced... What was the gentleman's name? It was Charles... Charles Conwell. Yes. Uh, this was on Saturday night. Um, the fight ended in a brutal knockout. Uh, Caldwell, uh, caught him with a pretty nasty right hook. Um, one of those knockouts where, like, the head bounces off the canvas, and I, I didn't see anything after that, I just saw the replay of the knockout, but apparently after the knockout, like, he did, he never got back up, he did not move, he was, like, completely unconscious, they had to take him out on a, um... That was on the Usyk card. Okay, yeah, I was, I was sorry, so that was the undercard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so on the undercard of the Usyk fight. Um, but yeah, he caught a really nasty right hook. Got floored, did not wake up, had to get taken out on the stretcher. Um, I think they said uh, he suffered a seizure while he was in the ambulance. And it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. Um, He was, uh, I think they had to do like emergency brain surgery. uh, And he is put, he is currently in a medically induced coma. Um. That's the last thing I've seen. Um, I guess they, uh, at least from this article I'm reading, uh, doctors will put patients into a coma to allow the swelling of the brain to go down. So I don't really know how all that really works. But he's in a coma, and if you see the knockout, you see his head bounce off the can't. Like, it's not... It, it was a scary, scary moment. It was honestly, like, when I woke up this morning, that was, like, the first thing I checked up on Twitter was to see, like, if they had any other news but um yeah the, just the latest news is that he's basically just in this medically induced coma and that's I, I guess pretty much you know like the latest we can give you um i ain't gonna lie like between that and a fight that we might not cover in total but um the mike davis uh thomas guilford fight yeah. Yeah. Between that and this, this this weekend was kind of wild because you you saw all the highs of combat sports. It was a really good weekend of fights. Man. There were a lot of really good fights this weekend. But then like those two moments just kind of like, uh, kind of like when uh when the Dadashev situation happened. Like, it kind of just I don't it, know. It, the the air it, feels different. Yeah. Um, we'll get to it when we talk about, uh, Davis and Giffords, but they they did end up removing that, uh, that referee from, uh, from, from doing any other fights that night. Funnily enough, they removed him from doing the, um, the Price-Vig fight, much to the, um, I guess chagrin of many people. <laughs> Oh, so that's why Herb Dean got was okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, there there were a lot of people very upset that they did not allow the man who who basically took like ten years off of freaking uh poor Gifford's life to be the the referee for the uh the Vic fight. And you can guess why. Yeah. But God, yeah, those those two fights really just they show the other side of what combat sports sports can be like. It's it's entertainment and it's fun, but at the core of it, man, it's still a very violent and vicious sport, and like terrible things can just like happen. Yeah, it, like it it doesn't need to be like a three round beating. Like you could just take a punch wrong, right? And like then all I mean, of a sudden he got knocked out in the. Seven. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, his what? Okay, so his what's later? Well, like just in general though, like like you take like you take a punch wrong, and all of a sudden you can never like you lose your ability to speak, and you right, or like you you just paralyze from now on. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's scary. Oh, dude, what's the dude's name? Uh, the Russian fighter who killed a man. Um. Because he got into like a fight outside a bar and like hit him and like the dude like hit him once and the, the the dude dropped and his head hit the pavement and like I guess his brain swelled up and he died. Oh, like yeah, um, it, like it, it it it's like that can happen in a cage, like really easily. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, I uh, if. It's it's just rough, man. It's it's really, it's really rough. But yeah. prayers to Patrick Day, man. That was that was really. It's not the kind of news you really want to wake up to, but praying, man. Really, really hoping he pulls through because that is just not a good, really scary situation. Really, really scary situation. So prayers to Patrick Day and his family. Uh, you know, we'll we'll, you know, if you follow us on social media, we'll keep you updated as to. How that turns out, but God, hope hope he pulls through, man. That is, oof, scary, man. It really just it just makes the air feel different when you watch these fights now. Like, you never know, like how many people could be like one shot away from something like that happening, mm-hmm. and it's like there's not, there's not nothing you can do about it. Like, there's there's nothing. Yeah, it's just part. Of, it, like, it it comes with the risk. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, just prayers to Patrick Day, man. All right, well, that was uh the news for the week. So there were a lot of fights, um, a lot <laughs> of fights. More than possibly ever before. Yeah, and <laughs> definitely some we just we can't cover all of these. So some cards might just kind of get breezed through, um, and others we. You know, we'll cover, but we'll, we'll cover what we can cover. <laughs> Hopefully, we can give everybody their just due. But um, I guess quick shout out to Glory. Won't get to cover it, but they had a card. Um, what was that main event? Gregorian and um. Oh, um, yeah, what's the other guy? Crap, I know this. Glory. Was it Bazzotti? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Gregorian and uh, Bazzotti fought in Glory. I don't remember what number event it was or even where it was, but um. Glory sixty nine. There we go. And Gregorian did, uh, from what I saw, won a pretty, I guess, one-sided. I don't know if he finished him or if it was a decision, but um, it seemed like Gregorian handled business. He retained his title. So, shout out to Gregorian. Um, I will, I guess, 
give a little bit of shine to PFL. Uh, PFL 7 went down on the Friday night. Um, I'll just read some of these results. Can't get to everything. But uh, Kayla Harrison, still undefeated. Uh, she had a late replacement opponent in Bobby Joe Dalziel. Uh, didn't take her too long. Uh, got her down. Put her in an armbar. That was uh, pretty, much a, <laughs> pretty much a wrap after that. Uh, took her down, beat her up, got the armbar. Um, so she will be moving on to the PFL's Women Lightweight Finals. Well, she will rematch uh, Larissa Pacheco, who apparently uh, gave Sarah Kaufman the business. Yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't see the fight. Going to have to go back and watch it. But apparently she put it on Sarah Kaufman. Good size, man. Like she, like she, It's crazy to think this woman got like tossed around by Jessica Andrade because like, she, she's huge. Like, Kaufman's not, like, a big 135-er, so she's not, uh, obviously, she's not a big 155-er. But, like, um, up until she got pregnant, like, what the, the Pacheco was a 135-er. I, I think I've seen her fight as low as 125. Like, so, like, just to see her, like, manhandle um, Kaufman like she did in the first round was crazy. She had Kaufman just walking into bunches at certain points in the fight. Mm. Just because it's just, it's just that awkward, like, I have to close distance, but, like, I have re- I have comparatively really short arms. So I'm going to eat a punch every time I come in. And if I don't land, it's just me eating a punch for nothing. And it happened a lot. Now I'm going to have to watch because Kaufman's not, like, we've seen Kaufman lose, but I can't think of many times I've seen Kaufman just get, like, obliterated like it's like um i don't know like uh well she uh she she came back in that third round like she had to check those back was working for the rear naked choke but i think she got tossed off uh up when off when um pacheco tripoded but uh, the the first round or two were like okay this is obviously a size thing so yeah Good on Pacheco. Uh, Shout out to Pacheco. Uh, And in the uh, main event, or welterweight main event, uh, David Machad uh, got, I think it looks like, a decision win over Glacio Franca. uh, And Machad will be meeting uh, Ray Cooper in the finals. Um, (laughs) And uh ray cooper had a uh pretty interesting fight with sabaduce a really really close fight but um i think it was a draw actually it, it was a draw but the uh, uh the judges got to vote on who they would send forward yeah um and they sent for they decided to send forward ray cooper Cooper. so we'll get ray cooper versus machado at some point in the future so it, it, that'll be cool uh it's, it's worth noting um Magomed Magomed Karimov was supposed to fight in the semifinals against Ray Cooper the third, um, but uh, he won his fight against Chris Curtis. Um, but I guess he was he he withdrew due to injury after the fight, and Curtis got his spot, and then proceeded to lose to um, to Cooper. So. Yeah. Um, and what's wild is Cooper, I mean, not Cooper, yeah, yeah, um, not Cooper, Curtis. Curtis retired after he lost and then had to fight again. 
<laughs> after he retired. Yep. And got knocked out by Cooper. Um, uh, yeah, life well, is a uh, life is cruel. Yeah, cruel. And, and <laughs> that's some MMA. That is MMA, like all the way. Like this MMA madness. Dude retires, has to be a replacement because the other guy can't fight, and then gets knocked out. Like that is that's just wrong. <laughs> like that is so cruel. Um, I mean, there was but, no way he wasn't going to take the fight because if he won, he was in a, a fight for a million dollars. So right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you had you had to do it. You had to do it. But um, Josh, out to Chris Curtis. But God, um, Ray Cooper out here. And the last fight, man. Shout outs to the homie who got uh didn't make it to the UFC because takedowns are frowned upon. But Brendan Lugnane uh got a unanimous decision over Matt Wagey. Uh. Pretty much just kickboxed him for three rounds. Uh, kind of wish he would have put his foot on the gas a little more. Um, but solid performance made his PFL debut, and he'll be in their uh, tournament next year in their 2020 season. So shout out to Bre- Brendan Lugney. Just glad he landed somewhere after that whole contender series fiasco. Um, shout out to him. Glad glad he found a, a home. So that was PFL seven. All right. Move on to uh, what we got, what we got, we got rising, 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 rising. Yeah, Wait. there we go. Let me close one of my 50 tabs, right? Uh, <laughs> got rising. a tab up of the 80,000 fights that happened this weekend. Um, but rising 19 was a thing. Uh, hopefully, between both of us, we can talk about most of this card. I, I didn't, oh, I saw the whole thing. Okay, all right, so yeah, I only saw like three fights, so uh. I'll probably just be referring to you <laughs> for a lot of these. But uh, Rise of 19 went down on Saturday night slash morning. I don't know. You don't know how rising cards be. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so like I thought that rising was going to be this morning. So like when PFL ended, I was getting ready to go to sleep and people were like, oh, who's staying up for rising? I was like really confused. Yeah. So you had to make the commitment. Nah, yeah, no. Fuck that. <laughs> Watch it the next day. No, like, listen. I like Ryzen. It's really fun, but I'm not staying up an extra eight hours to watch Jerry Prochaska murder Fabio Maldonado. Mm. You know what I mean? If, if I'm staying up, it better be for something good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the segue. <laughs> Ryzen 19. Headlined by uh, Jerry Prochaska and Fabio Maldonado. Um, I didn't see this fight, so I'll defer to you on how did this mugging, uh, <laughs> how did this take place? Uh, Prochaska beat up Fabio Maldonado for like three minutes. <laughs> That's basically it. I, 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 there's no, there's really not much more to say. It's really sad. It's like really sad. Yeah, my Maldonado is one of those guys now that when I see him fight, I'm just like, uh, do we do we really have to do this? They cut his career short by having him fight Stipe. Like he could st- he could still be like that guy who had like a like not like a an iron chin, but like a solid chin and like just put pressure like put volume on people. But he, he he's his chin is forever cracked now. It's just gone. Uh, hate to see it. But, congrats to Jerry Prochaska. Retains his uh, 
for the light heavyweight champ. Yes, and uh, um, he, him and Ryan Bader have been drawing each other, saying they want to fight one another. So I think that's the fight to make. Yeah, might as well do it while you know Bellator and Ryzen have their whole uh, little co, whatever you want to call it, co co promotion. You know, right? They're 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 buddies right now. So yeah, you might as well just make it a thing. Just just let them uh, just let them have at it. So, uh, shout out to Jerry Prochaska. Got his uh, KO or Fabio Maldonado. Uh, next fight. Kai Asakura versus Oka Sasaki. Um, man. Yeah. Asakura is uh, still out here laying hands on people. Where did all uh, this fucking power come from? Well, he's always hit hard, but God. Nah, he... <laughs> like, fight starts and dude is just... He's getting right to it. He's getting right to the smoke. Like, no... We're not wasting time. Um, Hell, he, he got after it in this one. Yeah. They start throwing bombs. He drops uh, He drops Sasaki. Uh, caught him with some knees to the ground, which were kind of vicious. Landed some ground and pound. And then, in the middle of all the madness, because dude is just scrapping. Well, I'd say Asakura is kind of going in. Um, just dishing out punishment. And I think at that point, uh, Asakura was dropping ground and pound. And then the ref... Stopped the fight for a second. And in real time, I was kind of confused. Because I was like, well, no, no penalty happened. So I don't know why they're stopping this. And then Sasaki gets up. And you just kind of see his mouth. Well, for one, there's blood coming from his mouth. And two, he can't close it. His mouth is just, like, open. And then he gets to the corner and you realize, oh, snap. His jaw has been broken. And it might have been from that left hook. <laughs> that, like, turned his entire face around. Oof. Um... Yeah, so that fight got stopped because uh, Asakura broke Sasaki's jaw. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's yeah. how hard Asakura is out here putting it on people. Yeah, the dude is scary. I ain't gonna lie, it made me feel a little better about the Horiguchi fight. I mean, Asakura is like, was a really good prospect even before the, uh, the Gorguchi fight. So it's cool to see him turn the corner. Yeah, I, I guess it was just like I saw him do this to somebody else, and I was like, okay, okay, it wasn't just right. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just Horiguchi. He wasn't the only victim. He he does this to other people. Um, but nah, man. Yeah, he. It, it was a really quick fight. The fight lasted. It was like under a minute, so you can go back and this is going on YouTube, man. Some of these fights are on there. You just got to search them real quick before they get taken down. But uh, <laughs> they're up there. But nah, he yeah, he put it on Sasaki, broke his jaw, got him out of there, uh, and that was that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll get to see him in uh, Horiguchi, uh, December thirty first, man. It's gonna be, boy, that is gonna be a way to bring in the new year. That is gonna make or break twenty twenty. <laughs> I ain't say make, <laughs> oh, I ain't gonna say make or break, but I don't want to start twenty twenty seeing Gucci Horiguchi get his face pushed in. But um. Nah, man, awesome performance from uh, from Kai Asakura. Um, moving on down the card, Sohi Han versus Miyu Yamamoto. I don't remember this fight in detail. Like all I remember is like that ending sequence where Yamamoto is just eating ground and pound, and the ref's like, "Gotta." I don't know if you're saying it to her, but you kind of yeah. knew what was going on. It's like if you don't move, you, we're gonna stop this, and she yeah. didn't move. Yeah, and like was, the the whole fight was Miyu trying to get the takedown. So, sometimes succeeding, but never for long. And, like, Han, for the most part, just, like, 
choosing when and where to like just let go with those like hammer fists from the top or you know not from the top but from inside of uh uh the the wrestling exchange i i think by the end of it yama was just like i, I want to be done because this is going nowhere except giving me a concussion yeah and props yeah. to uh say, uh, say um because i just butchered the shit out of her name <laughs> but uh props to hunt because like she has just been out here murking women since she uh left the ufc like women her like and obviously yamamoto is nowhere near as experienced as ham but uh, like you know it, you gotta stand out somehow and she's knocked out like four of the five women she's faced since then all right including uh invicta uh atom weight champion um, Jin Yu Frey. Shout out to Sohi man, out here just handling business. Handling business. Um, I didn't see the reign of fight, so I can't comment on how this went. Oh, it was a complete another mismatch. At a certain point, um, what's her name? Uh, a. Alvare Carlos? Carlos just turned tail and ran away. And Randa made her pay. Um, with some shot, like with a body <laughs> shot, and she just kind of folded. So it, it was it was a mismatch meant to rebuild Reyna's confidence, I guess. Huh? Yeah, so that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. So we have a whole bunch of um, the uh, this was the start of the uh, Ryzen Lightweight Grand Prix, and. Every single Grand Prix fight ended in the first round. Dudes are making statements. They they are out for blood. Like, straight up out for blood. And it's great. Um, so, uh, Johnny Case, UFC veteran Johnny Case, fought uh, Roberto De Souza, or Roberto Satoshi, uh, for you jiu-jitsu people out there. Um... And this marked what would be a very difficult weekend for uh, the beginning of a very difficult weekend for uh, the jujitsu turned MMA fighters. Because um, uh, Satoshi got his face bashed in with an uppercut uh, as he was diving for a takedown. Yeah. Um, like real savage. Like, so not something you really expect from Johnny Case. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to see this one, but I didn't. I didn't find a link until like after we were about to start recording, so I gotta go back and watch this one. Yeah, no, like he shoots it for a takedown. Case hits him with an uppercut and then proceeds to um proceeds to kick him. Soccer mm. kick, because <laughs> I think the like Satoshi's already grabbing his left eye, so I think the uppercut went straight into his eye. Right before I like, connected with it, like you know, it went down the side of his face, like it went to the eye, then went to the jaw. Hmm. So he grabs his eye, and then Case just cut, steps around his guard and freaking kicks him in the head. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um. So, yeah, big win for Johnny Case. Hey, out here, American people. Yeah, when you can do a soccer, <laughs> anytime you can do a soccer kick. You're probably winning. Uh, Jesus Christ. I got to go back and watch that. But yeah, Johnny Case uh, knocked out Roberto De Souza the first round. Uh, speaking of knockouts, <laughs> continuing the Grand Prix. 
Patricky Pitbull coming over from Bellator, fighting Tatsuya Kawajiri. Um, like, I like both of these guys. And I didn't really want to see Kawajiri catch this kind of punishment, but, like, I kind of knew, kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, yeah, I feel like we all did. I just didn't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have gone without that part. Yeah, I could, yeah, yeah, we, we could have. You know, Patricky put the man on the highlight reel, basically. Um, fight didn't really last that long. Uh, he landed some good leg kicks. He landed, uh, Patricky, I'm speaking of, landed uh, some good leg kicks, some good body kicks. Um, and then he landed a flying knee that caught Kawajiri kind of like on the side of the ear, head, kind of sort of. Dropped him, landed some ground and pound. Kawajiri was literally just holding on, eating punches, and then that was it. Yeah, not a not a lot to describe. It was not a good night uh, for Cowboy Jerry. Uh-huh. Like at, like that it, that that was age right there, man. Yeah, yeah. It looked it, it, that was one of those KOs. Like I, I can't really celebrate this. Like <laughs> it just it doesn't feel good. But uh, I'm, I mean, I'm happy for Patricky. Glad to see him over. Uh... You know what? Kind of crossed my mind watching this fight. Um... With Patricky and Pitbull, because this is Patricky's first time fighting in Japan, I think. Yes. And I, I was like, I feel like him and Patricio are like built for it. Yeah, they. This is like Japan. They're like built for Japan. Like, they should have been. I mean, I get it because they've been in Bellator, like holding it down for a long time, having success. So, but like, dude, they would. <laughs> if in an alternate universe, their careers would have led them to Japan instead of Bellator, like these dudes probably would have been like superstars. Oh, absolutely! Dude, like them and Maximo Blanco, like oh, yeah, like that. Those they, these are people who, um, they they are built for like fights that have next to no rules. Right. Yeah. Shout out to Patrick. God, every time I hear Maximo Blanco's name, uh, it, it's know. funny because he is from Japan. In theory, he is still there right now as we speak. <laughs> What's he doing? Is he winning anymore? No, I don't even think he's fighting. Oh. God, that was that was a one. Of, if we ever do an episode of fighters who we thought were gonna like make it, quote unquote, <laughs> he's he's gonna be on my list. <laughs> he is gonna be on my list. God. But congrats to Patricky Pitbull. He put Kawajiri on a highlight reel. I didn't want to see it, but same MMA man. Just bodies have to be sacrificed, unfortunately. Uh but moving on. I uh, had Luis Gustavo versus Hiroto uh Yuseko. I don't remember the fight in a ton of detail other than like I remember Gustavo hitting uh Hiroto with a really hard, I can't remember if it was a right, but uh, his eye was, uh, uh, Hiroto's eye. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It was bad. So, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we have some breaking news. Oh, no. Um, police investigate alleged sexual assault on young woman by famous Irish sports star. And, okay. again... Um, no name is mentioned, but according to the Irish Mirror, the individual concerned is understood to be the same well-known sports star that is under investigation over an alleged rape of a married woman at a Dublin hotel in December 2018. 
Well, that narrows it down a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So, not not to cut off our fun um, talk about uh, Ryzen, but oof. The face Man. of our sport, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it is a. Not by the, uh, not represented by the most, uh, <laughs> upstanding of citizens. God. Um, I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, really all I gotta say about Gustavo and Hiroto is, uh, Gustavo closed his eye. Like, it was, blood was just pouring from his eye. I, I want to say it was swollen shut and the doctors just had to stop. Oh, Uesako? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Gustavo, uh, won via doctor stoppage, uh... The least violent of the four Grand Prix fights. Which is wild, because... <laughs> yeah, because that thing was leaking. <laughs> yeah, if you look at what his eye looked like, like, God, that was, that was bad. Uh, that was actually the only, those, that was the last fight I saw, so I can't comment on any of these other, uh, other scraps well, that are any more worth mentioning. Yes, um, well, the last, uh lightweight Grand Prix fight was Tafik Musayev versus uh, UFC veteran Damian Brown. Um, hold on, let me see if if I can find that uh, if I can find that, uh, that stoppage because it was uh, poor Damian Brown. Like, first off, I think this was my first really good look at Musa- Musayev. Holy shit, that dude has like that dude has like you think like uh, he's got those Edson Barbosa quick twitch muscles? Oh, yeah, like just can throw. Like he not not only does he hit hard, but he has like the same type of like explosive power. That's not it's not Yoel Romero. It's more along the lines of like I can just let off three straight punches, super hard, super fast, super quick. Keep my balance and then keep moving. Like, that type of, like, power and coordination. Yeah. Sorry. I've got this pulled up right now. Yeah, it's, like, a partially blocked head kick. He just basically blitzes him from there and just beats the crab out of him until the ref stops the fight. Like, yeah, I just need to make sure I had the right one say because I was mixing that up with the Kitaro fight, which is next. Um, But, yeah, Musa- uh, Musayev... Beats Damian Brown inside of like two minutes, I think. Um, and then proceeds to um the next round of the uh tournament. And I actually have the um I had. God, I need to I need to be better organized. Uh, I just we actually know what the next fight is going to be. Um, so hold on. Yikes! Yeah, right. <laughs> oh man, yeah he. All right, so next. Uh, so we now have the semifinals for the uh, the tournament book next. Um, Johnny Case versus Tafik Musayev and Patricky Pitbull versus Luis Gustavo. So, mm, based, violence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So based off these uh, quarterfinals, those semis are going to be must watch MMA. Yeah. Um, Grand Prix, man. This is the year of the Grand Prix, and the UFC is just dropping the ball, just not trying to get in with the rest of the cool kids. I mean, they, they, 
according to Dana, the UFC is just one giant tournament. You know what I mean? I mean, I get it, but... Boo. <laughs> trash. Super trash. Like, if you guys are making titles for fights that aren't even for titles, like... Why not just make a Grand Prix, man? Have some fun with it. Yeah, oh, they want them to fuck with the formula. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who cares about what's What's the formula? There is no formula. I mean, there really isn't. It's whoever, makes, just want, whoever makes the most amount of money. Yeah, we just want fights, man. Nobody cares about the formula. Uh, But they have Messiah, but yeah, that head kick. Boy. <laughs> Boy. Uh, Yeah, you got Damian Brown out of there. Um, So I guess uh, I'll probably speed through the rest of these because we still got... Three more cards to get through. <laughs> but, uh, Kita Nakamura defeated Marco Shoshio de Souza uh, via TKO. Oh, that was also in the first round. So, he died. He didn't make it. Uh, Taiga Kwabe lost to Taiju Shiratori in a kickboxing bout. Oh, there were a couple of kick kickboxing. Uh, Takuma Konishi. Defeated Haroya Kawabe, also in a kickboxing bout. Oh, KO'd him with a knee. Gonna have to go back and watch that. Uh, Shoma Shibasai, uh defeated Chang Hee Kim via Kimura in round one. And Saiki Yuama defeated Taisei Yume uh, via unanimous decision. It seems like if your fight went to unanimous decision, you got lucky. Because a lot of people in this car just didn't make it. Um, yeah. Shouts to um Guitaro who knocked out uh Marco Shoshio de Souza and then brought his wife, um guy I'm shit with names, man. Uh shit uh Shizuyama? No, Suzuka. Suzuka Tsukuyama, who is a MMA fighter herself, and his son into the um ring and then proceeded to do the Keitaro K in what was the most adorable thing ever. So yeah, so a little bit of um, <clears throat> uh, joy brought amongst all this violence. There you go. Cheers, cheers to the family moment. Right. There you go. That was the Disney portion of the program. But did you <laughs> did you watch the Taiju versus Tiger fight by any chance? I I had it on in the background, but I I didn't. I wasn't like watching watching. It, it was so, basically a, like watching um. And props to Tiger because he knocked the dude down. But like Tiger had like a good two weight classes on him, like a good two weight classes on them, and uh, it showed. Life ain't fair. Life ain't fair. But that was rising nineteen. Um, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. Just <laughs> type in these names on YouTube. You can probably find some of these fights. They're out there, um, unless you order the pay-per-view, you can rewatch it. But if you didn't, you know, there are always alternative methods uh, to watching these. But it, 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 for the most part, it seemed like a good time. It seemed like a good time. It was a, a solid card and what was, like like I said, just overall a really good weekend of fights. So if you watch this, this was just another card amongst the madness where you got to see just more violence. Like I said, just everybody in the first round just not making it in this Grand Prix. So, shout out to everybody on Rising 19. It's a pretty good time. Moving on. One championship. They want to be different. They're doing two cards for whatever reason. Uh, so, we had one century part one and two. 
Um, Alright. So, well, we'll do these in chronological order. I can't remember. Uh, Did you get to see a lot of this? I saw part one. Um, I've been watching the Angela Lee fight as we've been talking because I didn't get a chance to watch it live. Um, and I saw Christian Lee versus uh, Daggy and Jeanette Todd knocked the shit out of uh, Vandereva. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. All right, so we pretty much saw the same thing. Minus saw, saw the DJ fight, but it's not a, a ton to break down in that fight. Um, one Century, part one. Went down October 12th, 8 p.m. It was dope because if you, ha- if you have TNT, this was like actually on like television at a somewhat reasonable time, kind of, sort of. It wasn't 3 a.m., so... It was 11 here. Hmm. We were just fine. Like I'll take it. I'll take it. I, actually, because all of the cards were so good, I was pretty hyped. Like, we got went straight from UFC Tampa to... Like, oh, there's more violence to watch. There's more fights. And, like, the fights were good, so... I, I had a good time. I had a good time. But, headline in one century, part one. Uh, we had a... Uh, Adam Waite, title defense... Angela Lee, uh, rematching Jing Nanjiang. Uh, they fought. Wasn't that earlier this year? Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Yeah, earlier this year. Crazy <laughs> enough. Fought, yeah, they fought for the strawweight, uh, strawweight title, and probably was what what was one of the best fights this year. Had a really crazy, uh, really crazy fight. So now meeting again for the rematch for the for another belt. This time coming down to Angela Lee's. Well, I ain't gonna get into that. Coming down to Angela Lee's weight class. <laughs> um, so she can defend her title. Um, now, it was another, they put on another really good... I, I want to say the, the first fight, I think, overall might have been better. But this one's the ending to this one was a bit more dramatic uh, and controversial, I guess you could say. And we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently rules exist. Uh, no, or they, they don't, don't. <laughs> or they don't but uh nah the, another great fight between these two um i thought i i, I picked i thought jing yang was gonna win again and boy up until the finish i think i was right like <laughs> she was i thought she was winning most of this fight um a lot uh i think a, a bit slicker with the hands i just think her over like she just she's really strong man like I just think she just she hits a lot harder. She was landing pretty good on Lee, able to just kind of get in and out with her footwork. Uh, I think her boxing's a bit more crisp uh, than Lee. Um, she was able to tag her a good number of times, I think, in like those first two rounds, um, landing good combinations, able to get in and out, using good footwork, slipping punches. Um, Lee was pushing forward, but it just seemed like uh, Jing Nan was getting the better of a lot of those exchanges. And then the fight sort of took a mini turn, a, a momentum swing in the third round where Lee was actually able to get her down early and pretty much kept her there, I want to say, for most of that third round. Um, put Zhang in a couple of bad spots. Uh, obviously wasn't able to get a finish, but up until that point, I think it was pretty clear that she was losing, so she just kind of needed some momentum, and that was a good a good momentum swing. Got uh, Zhang down. Uh, I want to say went for a couple of submissions. And sorry if I don't remember a lot of these fights in extreme detail, but we watched like 
thousand fights this weekend. It's hard to like <laughs> remember every single detail of every fight, but um, I know she went for a lot of submissions in that third round. Couldn't get any of them in, but it was a good momentum swing. Um, and then I'll, the fourth round for me is kind of a blur. Um, but I remember in the beginning of the fifth round, I was like, "All right, Angela, you need to if you're gonna win this, you need to hail Mary because uh, you're probably about to drop a decision." And Jing Nam was kind of going in, uh, getting the hands working again. And then the uh, moment of controversy, which I didn't realize was a moment of controversy until people brought it up because I forgot this rule was a thing. But um, Angela Lee was clearly losing the fifth round. Uh, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. She was she was on her way to losing a decision. Yep. Um, she was getting beat up. <laughs> it was looking pretty bad. Uh, Jing Nan, I think, had like her head pushed down, landing some shots to like the side of the head. Um, wasn't looking too good. And Lee, and what was, it was a great moment if you take out rules, <laughs> but rules are a thing. She's getting beat up. It looks like this fight's probably, she's about to drop a decision. And she completely reverses the momentum swing. Um, grabs a hold of, of Jingnan, suplexes her on her head, is able to take her back and completely changes the tide of the fight and ends up getting a rear naked choke um, due to that position change. Only problem is, in one championship, suplexes are illegal. Yeah. You can ask Angela um, Lee's brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do those. And not only did she do it, but it was the... If, if she didn't do that suplex, she wouldn't have won that fight. That suplex led to her getting a dominant position... Which in turn letting her getting a rear naked choke. And to mention, there was only like like fifteen seconds left in the fight. Something like that. Yeah. That fight was really close to being over. Yeah. So that illegal move that she did won her the fight. Um and that was a whole back and forth on Twitter. <laughs> People being really angry that she legit did just kind of get away with the suplex. And even the announcer clearly said, like, yo, Angela Lee with the suplex. Like, <laughs> everybody was, like, really hyped, kind of caught in the moment of what was going on, just kind of forgetting, like, oh, yeah, that was illegal, what she just did. Um, I don't know why, but, like, the thought of making, like, the suplex illegal because it's, like, this super dangerous move, which it can be, but everything in MMA is dangerous. It, it conjured an image of, like, Somebody walking to their car at like a at like a Walmart parking lot, and someone just hops out behind them <laughs> and just like hits them with a suplex and robs them. <laughs> instead of RKO out of nowhere, the suplex yeah, out of nowhere. Well, like instead of just like hitting them over the head with something, or like hit it, like you know punching them from like behind, like or um, I, I guess like Nganu, uh JDS style. Just fucking hit it up with a suplex. <laughs> um, I mean, you definitely would not expect it. Exactly. That is smoke you wouldn't be ready for. Maybe they're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, you're watching the fight live. What was, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Um, Jinan Shang was going to win this fight if it wasn't for that suplex. Or, or the takedown, I should say. Which was a really smooth takedown, like. Uh, Lee, like, going, like, um, fighting for a single, using that to basically spin around to her back, or slip, really more slip to her back, um, and then hit her with the suplex, but, like, 
I'm curious if like Shang even knows that's a rule. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I can say I wasn't expecting it because it's against the rules. But yeah, because she didn't like, she didn't complain or make a, a fuss about it. Really. I mean, if that was me, I would have been like murder. <laughs> <laughs> and that lets you know how dumb of a rule it is. It's a stupid ass no, rule. Yeah, because nobody made a. Well, I'm, and when I mean nobody, I don't mean fans, but like, no fighter, no coach, no announcer, nobody said anything. Like we all forgot. Like, oh, we have this stupid rule. And then afterward, everybody realized, like, oh, yeah, she can't do that. Well, someone did notice in the crowd last night, apparently. Hold up. Some, uh, someone who I think was there live tweeted out during the fight or uh, screamed out during the fight, you don't even follow your own fucking rules. <laughs> Which is not inaccurate. <laughs> Not inaccurate. Picture of somebody saying saying that at one event where they try to preach like integrity and all that is like hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, nah, they they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong. I there's a big weekend for the uh, the Lee siblings. Because um, like Lee, Angela has been having a bad year. She like we mentioned before, she lost her um. Her first shot at the strawweight title to uh to Xiong, and then proceeded to lose a follow-up fight, but she arguably won to Michelle Nicolini. Um, but now she's the strawweight champ. There you go. I also have a statement on the controversial move from Angela Lee. We pay very close attention to the rules of one of one championship, and when I went for my takedown, I lifted her up and I threw her, I threw her front side, so she would land on her face, not on her back. Not in the back of her head, so I'm pretty sure that everything's on camera. And you know, I'm looking to the end of the fight in a clean way, and I'm not going to be a dirty fighter and try to take advantage of any situation. It one, she does not land on her front. Mm. Doesn't like her shoulder. But yeah, no, this is. Yeah, uh, I I'd like to know. I like to somebody. I would like somebody to get Chatry on the um. On the mic and defend this. He'll he'll find a way to wiggle his way <laughs> out of it. Uh, it was hard for me. Uh, I know rules are rules. Apparently, Chatry deleted the Facebook post that he used to announce that suplexes were illegal. So <laughs> I think we know where he comes down on this. <laughs> Chatry's a wild man. <laughs> Shout out to honor and integrity. Also, <laughs> yeah. at one championship, all variations of suplex are illegal and any attempt or intent results in an automatic disqualification. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that one one and it really sucks because it took away what was really like a great moment. And I I, I guess for me, because I think this rule is so dumb that it's like I'm not gonna say I don't care, but like I kinda because literally, if this fight took place in any other organization, it would not have impacted. Like that rule's not a thing, so we wouldn't even be talking about this. Like, this is, goes back to the fact that like one is so bizarre, and it's really just real. Like the rules are arbitrary. The like they can overturn decisions they don't like in fights. 
<laughs> like it's so ugh. Yeah, it's 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 it sucks because it took away from a really good moment. And now nobody's gonna talk about a great fight. We're gonna be talking about the suplex. That like it shouldn't even be a rule. Like we should be celebrating what was a really great comeback. And instead we gotta talk about this rule that just shouldn't even be a thing. But that's one championship for you. Word to honor integrity and uh warrior spirit. And deleted tweets, <laughs> apparently. But as of now, it stands. Angela Lee's still the champ. Nothing's been reversed. And if I'm being honest, I don't think anything will. So, uh, Angela Lee is your uh, Adam Waite champion. So, moving on to the, uh, what is the, uh, wasn't it the Flyweight Grand Prix? Yeah, Grand Prix Finals. Yes. Uh... Mighty Mouse is back. Demetrius Johnson uh, versus Danny Kingod. Um, I don't have a ton to say. This was one of those fighters that was like eventful but not eventful. Like if you like watching DJ just be really great at grappling, <laughs> then you'll be entertained by this fight. Um, just a lot of really good grappling exchanges, mostly from from DJ. Like. This was one of those fights where I watched and I was like, man, I could really hate that DJ is still this good. Like, <laughs> dude is just, he's so far ahead of everybody else that it's, it's not really fair. Right. Um, and, and even though, like, he did not King God out or, um, he did go for a Kamora submission that I, I thought he was going to get for a second, but, uh, uh, Danny got out of it. But you just see how quick he's get he can be in and out with takedowns and chaining takedowns and like advancing position just his grappling is really wild to watch man his his wrestling his grappling his wrestling is is really wild to watch he is he is still just so far ahead of everybody else and even to put it in more perspective because the way one championship does their weight classes where you know their flyweights are actually like 135ers cuz they do everything what like 10 pounds up Right. Yeah, so pretty much every fight DJ goes into, he's going to have a size disadvantage because he's just so little. And it just it still doesn't matter because he's so, technique-wise, the dude is like, he's like perfect. Like, you look at his technique and it's, it's like flawless. So his, his technique just outweighs anybody's size or like physicality because he's just so good. Um. So yeah, he won a unanimous decision over Danny King God. <laughs> Everybody made jokes on Twitter that the belt was bigger than him. Uh, which they ain't lying. That belt is huge. <laughs> that that Grand Prix belt is stupid big for no reason. Um I don't think he can put that on his waist. He probably can't. That belt dwarfs him. Yeah. But uh nah, props to DJ man, just he, he put on just a really technical, just kinda like grappling clinic. Um, but it was fun to watch. If that's your kind of thing, that that's like grappling. That's like not laying prey, but like for me, like pretty entertaining to watch. So uh, even though I be hating on DJ, you know, I got I got to get props where it's due. He uh, still one of the very best fighters on the planet. Yep, no doubt, no no questions about it. Uh, so shout out to DJ, one championship, uh, flyweight Grand Prix champion uh, over Danny King God via unanimous decision. This next fight, I'm really mad because I went to go, 
I, I wanted to take a shower during this card, and I was like, I got to pick a fight that I'm probably going to miss some of. And I was like, you know what? I want to see this Christian Lee fight. After Christian Lee fight's over, let's go take this shower real quick. I go to take my shower, and I missed this fight, and all I saw was a highlight. Um, but did, did you see the fight in whole? The Todd fight? Yeah. Um, I missed most of it, but I caught the, uh, the, the end of it. All right, so we all basically both saw what needed to be seen. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the body. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I, I was taking a shower, so I missed the entire first round and pretty much most of the second. Uh, actually, no, I missed the entire fight. I didn't see this until I saw a gif of um, the finish, which, um, if you follow us, Dojo Talk Podcast on Facebook, I think I posted this in the group. I might have posted another group. Pretty sure I posted it in there. Um, if not, I might have just posted it on my personal page. But either way, um, mm, mm. Oof, um, I've seen a lot of head kick KOs in my life. Um, like this, <laughs> I'm trying to describe this. It's not. This wasn't like the most vicious head kick, but it was just the way it looked was like, oh. She has no idea where she is. Yeah, no, she, uh, like, she, like, she, she, um, I'm sorry, Vandre, uh, Vandreyeva, who I believe is the woman who fought and beat Ioana Janjacek, uh, for, like, an amateur Muay Thai title back in Ioana's, like, kickboxing Muay Thai days, um, she gets hit as she's throwing a body kick herself, um, right on the chin, by uh Jeanette Jeanette Todd um like super clean proceeds to stumble forward a little bit and just kind of sits down yeah and then falls on her like falls on her back like she just got done running a marathon and then falls asleep yeah and then she tries to sit up and she can't and then yeah the ref raises it off um just yeah, no, that's a savage ass knockout. Like, if you're gonna be on TNT, that's the type of uh, thing you want on your um, uh, uh, on your uh, resume. So yeah, like, literally made her take a seat. Like, <laughs> literally made her take a seat. Um, you know, yeah, I don't really have any joke for that. I'm not even gonna joke about that. Like, it was, it was, uh, whew. yeah, it was just one of them. You just kind of got to wipe the sweat off your forehead. Just like, whew, like, ooh, that was, it was like after she got kicked, her body was confused as to what to do. So it was like, we got to sit down and regroup. <laughs> she just sat down, but there was no regrouping. The fight was, it was over. Um, man. Yeah, shout out to Jeanette Todd. That was a nasty head kick KO. Uh, so she won a second round KO uh, over Vandeyeva. And last fight on the main card, uh, Christian Lee, who actually is, he took this fight on like 10 days notice, uh, came in to face uh, Doggy. I don't remember this guy's actually legit first name. Everybody just calls him Doggy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doggy Arsenayev, um I actually did not get to see this fight in whole. Um, from what I heard, I because I, I think this 
I think this card and something else was on at the same time. And I was kind of watching both, but I didn't have my eye on this one too heavy. Um, but I can say from what I saw, for, for 10 days notice, Christian Lee held it down. Oh, absolutely. Dude, um, for those who don't know, Arsla, uh, Ars- oh, God, Arslanayev, Naliev, um, Arslanayev, um, it's an absolute fucking, like, savage at 24 years old he's just been out here murking dudes inside the one championship cage and his only loss happened because he illegally kicked some guy but he beat he's beaten guys like at ting uh amir khan and uh tatsuya yamada and of course timofei nastryukin who most people probably know is the guy who knocked out eddie alvarez in his first one championship fight so uh, he is and he's doing it inside of like the first round almost every time um, but Christian Lee was just able to, uh, uh he, he survived the early storm because there was a point where, like, um, Doggy knocks him down. Um, just like, uh, a sweeping clean right hook that looked more like a push, to be honest with you. And he just, like, threw Christian Lee to the floor against the cage. But, um, Lee was able to take him down repeatedly, got mount like, four times. And, um, to, like re- re- refused to let Doggy get the fight to his pace. Just kept bringing it to him, wore him down. Um, was surprised that he didn't get stopped from Mount, to be honest with you, because there was a bunch of times where Lee is literally just hammering on him from Mount, and Doggy's like, he-, he seems unbothered. Like, he doesn't have the energy to stand up, but he just, like, his defense is like, I'm going to try to grab you and roll you over. It, but it's really nonchalant. So, I, I don't know what the deal is behind that, but props to Christian Lee for taking his fight on short notice and somehow winning this tournament, despite not being in it at its inception. And I guess winning the million dollars that comes with it. That's that's the crazy part. Like, bro, you, didn't, you weren't even supposed to be here. And then you got here and just... Massive payday out of nowhere. Exactly. But that that's a crazy come up. Like, like the other day you just sitting on the couch just chilling. Next day bank account flexing. Like, yep. <laughs> that's crazy. He's only like what twenty, twenty one. Yeah, that's. Yeah, he's twenty one years that's... old. That's the biggest paycheck this sport will ever give him. Right. <laughs> I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. But uh, that was the main card of One Century Part 1. Um, I'm not really going to go through the prelims because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, One Century Part 2, which I think between you and I... I have not seen uh, any of it. Yeah, you didn't see any of it. I only saw two fights, and to be honest, I saw them literally this morning right before we started recording. So I'm not really going to do a lot of breakdowns. Uh, really but i'll read the results i had to go back and watch it because it looked like it was a pretty good time but um one century part two uh main event uh on the song versus brandon vera uh this is a light heavyweight title fight um i watched this this morning <laughs> on the song is another guy who outside of ufc we got we gotta start putting respect on his name he just be out here just having these wild <laughs> just these wild fights um, but he just wins. He he finds ways to 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 gut gut through him. Uh, him and Brandon Vera just, just threw blows. 
until one of them couldn't no more. Um, and that's pretty much how that fight went <laughs> for two for as long as it lasted. Ong Song uh, defeated Brandon Vera uh, round two via TKO. Um, he dropped him and then followed up with some ground and pound, and that was it. Uh, Brandon Vera did land a couple of nice elbows, but Ong Song is like that dude is a zombie man. He He's another guy who I'm more like, bro, your chin is eventually going to break. Because he just takes, he can take a lot of punishment. It is ridiculous. But um, Ong Song uh, defeated Brandon Vera via TKO in round two. Uh, Shinya Aoki uh, locked a Darce choke up on Hanario Benario in 54 seconds of round one. Got him out of there. Uh, Bibiano Fernandez and Kevin Bellignon fought for the 80th time. <laughs> This time, it didn't need five rounds. Bibiano Fernandez uh, got a rear naked choke in round two. These two don't need to fight again. I think at this point, Bibiano is up on that rivalry three to one. Even though I think one of them was a DQ. You, you but, think at this point, they just find somebody else from the fight? Yeah, at this point, yeah. Keep these dudes far away from each other. It was a moment. It was cool. We don't need this no more. Keep, keep them separated. Um, a fight that I'm really disappointed that I missed for the Muay Thai Flyweight World Championship. Uh, Rotang uh, fought Walter uh, Goncalves. Uh, Rotang won via split decision. Um, always down for a Rotang fight. So I'm kind of hurt that I missed this one. But at least I'm glad Rotang won. Uh, and I think he was the champ, so he defended uh, his belt. So shout out to Rotang. If, you if you've never watched a Rotang fight, you're doing yourself a disservice. The man is just, he's, he's a machine. He's, he's a machine. Um, and shout out to Giorgio Petrosian, uh, who defeated Sammy Sana for the Kickboxing Featherweight World Championship. Uh, Petrosian just adding to his legacy, man. Just adding to his legacy. I, I watched this fight, but like I said, I, I really just saw it like literally a couple minutes before we started recording. And it's not like super fresh in my memory, even though I just watched it. <laughs> but... I watched so much this morning that it it was it was a lot going on. Yeah, it was a lot of violence. It was it was a lot to keep up. With, um, I just watched the ending to Song versus Vera, and good God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> not, not a lot else to say. All the Song is just a zombie man. He just be out here. Just. I wonder if he gets a shot the heavyweight title now. Hey man, might as well. Might as well. Three division uh, champ. Right. Let's go. Champ, champ, champ. He could he could legit do it. He could. <laughs> he could legit. He already do knocked it. out the heavyweight champ. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, shout out to Petrosia, man. Just add to his legacy, man. Dude dude's a, a all time great. And he just keeps uh keeps adding to that. Got another notch on his belt. So And shout out to Mei Yamaguchi. She won on the prelims. She uh, defeated Jenny Hong. Uh, via unanimous decision. Had to give her a quick shout out. And um, I'm backtracking. Uh, Yuya Wakamatsu was on one champion since entry part one. He got a win via unanimous decision also. Um, so yeah, that was one century part one and two. Um, I don't know how you can rewatch them. Watch them how you watch them. Whatever you gotta do. But uh, I can say at least from what I've seen, the main cards for both cards were good time. So go back and give them a watch. Like I said, just two other cars that were just jam-packed into a weekend of just a lot of good fights. Which finally brings us <laughs> to uh, 
the main event, I guess you can say, of the evening. UFC Tampa. Joanna Janjacek versus Michelle Waterson. So, we talked about this fight before when it first got announced. And I guess just to kind of reiterate, um, a lot of what goes in, a lot of, sorry, a lot of what goes into, I would say, picking a fight, predicting fights, at least for me, is always try to envision when I'm picking who I think will win. It's like, how many different ways can I see you winning this fight? Like, can you win by knockout? Can I see you getting a decision? Can I see you, you know, working some takedowns and getting a submission or landing ground and pound? You know, there, there are some variables there. But a lot of it is just kind of boiled down to how many different ways can I see you winning these? And then even out of those ways, are these ways, like, realistic for you? And what needs to happen for you to, like, pull these scenarios off? And no matter what way <laughs> I looked at this fight for Waterson, I just, I did not see it, man. I like Waterson a lot, but I'm just looking for attribute by attribute, talent for talent, and more importantly, just the style matchup. I just, I did not see this in the cards for her. And that's kind of how I played out. Yeah, no, she um, got her ass beat for five rounds. Yeah. <laughs> to make it real simple. Um, and it was wild because they were making a big deal about the weight cut early in the week, and there was this whole thing. Oh, oh, that's like, what I forgot to talk about. Yeah, what was that about? Because that was that didn't matter. Okay, that... so remember Lockhart, the dude hired by the UFC to get Chris Cyborg to make one forty. Oh, was this his doing? So apparently, so like that that bozo who apparently was giving. Chris Cyborg, um, birth control so that she could make weight. Like, it, he was apparently in charge of Joanna's weight cut for most of this camp. Um, and then when she realized that she was not going to make weight and went to the UFC, the UFC hooked her up with like a real PI, like with the, the, the dietitians at the PI and Lockhart was on the outs. So it, it, it sounds like it was Lockhart's fault. All of this is coming from Dolce, Mike Dolce, who hates Lockhart. So you take it with a grain of salt, but that's what it sounds like. Um, got like there, there, there's no such thing as a professional nutritionist. Like I just want to put this out there for people. Like you're either a dietitian or you're not, which is like the registered, you know, you you know your shit that. Uh, version of a nutritionist like Lockhart not a dietitian as far as I know like just a dude who will send somebody to your house to cook for you once in a while and if you're a big enough name I guess he shows up but he is not he's he's not the master of the weight cut um like the UFC has like real people on staff at the PI center uh, to 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 help fighters make weight, um, like real dietitians. So that that's basically where all this stems from, apparently. Hmm. Well, to uh, uh <laughs> I guess to say to Waterson's disadvantage, um. Yeah. 
weight cut didn't matter. And them hands came. And when they came, uh, yeah. Whew. Uh, I had the I had to fight fifty. Um, I had to fight fifty forty three. To be honest with you, I saw two ten eights in there. I won't argue. Like that. Like, like it, it, it sucks that, like, I probably wouldn't be saying this if it was, like, at any other weekend where we didn't have somebody almost die in a boxing ring. But, like, it probably could, you know, shut this fight down a lot sooner. Yeah. I, I think the only reason it probably kept going, like, don't get me wrong, Waterson was getting pieced up, but... It wasn't like she was getting knocked down like every other second. But it was one of those fights where after the first couple rounds, she was like, bro, she has no, she doesn't have an answer for really anything. Like, Joanna's pace, her output was crazy. Um, leg kicks, jabs, combinations, using good footwork. Um, <laughs> the, the one, I don't remember what round, but... Uh, I think Watterson tried to throw that little front kick thing she does, and Joanna countered with a head kick and just. Uh, that is the most ineffectual move in like all, all of MMA. Yeah, she paid for yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> because caught one right on the chin. Because uh, Joanna is was countering the shit out of those kicks, like every time, like not every time, but like when whenever she. Could she just like take an angle on one of those kicks from Waterson and just kick her out of like spite? Just be like, you want to kick me? I'll kick the fuck out of you. And she bruised up both of Waterson's legs in the process. In that quarter, Nelson she had in the third round, where she was literally just cranking on poor Waterson's head and throwing <laughs> her around the cage. Ugh. Yeah, and this was another one of those fights too where you also realize like um boy, Waterson really needs the atom weight division. Mm-hmm. Like her size, like and it's not to make an excuse for her, cause it, to me it's amazing that she's made it this far considering just the size disadvantage she pretty much always has. But you could just tell like she could not get really any of these takedowns. And it's like, you see the, the physical difference, the strength difference, and it's like, bro, <laughs> if I'm in the corner, like, I honestly don't even really know what to tell you. Like, you just got to live to fight another day at this point, because there's no, you have no answer for the footwork. Waterson's not really, like, a good boxer. So, like, when they get in close quarters and we start throwing hands and unleashing combinations, Waterson's probably not really going to land anything, or she might land one, but Yoana lands four. <laughs> it's like, what do you do with that? Like, Waterson just kind of put a clinic on her. Um, just leg kicks, just everything, man. Everything, from the leg kicks to punches to clinch work, like, it was a straight-up clinic. And Waterson had those one or two moments where she was able to get Yoana's back, and, you know... It's like, oh, this is the moment, and then couldn't, yeah, no, couldn't close the deal. Yeah, um, like those, that was basically all. Like that was basically it for her. Like 
all her winning moments were in those two back takes, and that's basically it. Um, she's just not the striker that everybody thinks she is. Like Waterson, like she, she's a. I'm trying to think of how to. Well, like here's the thing: like, she's never beaten another striker by using her striking. It's always been like a wrestling game approach, uh, game plan approach. Right. Like she's a very good grappler. She's just not like her striking game is too built around not not enough around substance. Like there's not. Uh, what is the like I said? What's the point of that like that front kick that she throws? It's not to stop anybody. It's an ineffectual dis, like distance management tool. And you can say it's for like getting range, but like getting range for what? Yeah, because dudes can just kind of I don't say bum rush you, but I mean, look what look what <laughs> happened when she tried against Rose Namajuna. She Rose just like closed the distance. Slightly threw off the timing of her kick and then proceeded to counter with a head kick of her own. Like, yeah, she and I think what kind of worries me about Waterson is like, I mean, I, I've been watching Waterson since like Invicta, um, so I've been seeing her for some years now, and it it almost seems like she's the same fighter she was then, like, she's gotten better, but like, I think she's gotten like physically more fit. So, like, her grappling, that's really improved, like, her the grappling aspects of her game. But, like, the actual, like, boxing that she was missing, like, the, the, the setup for kicking game, it's yeah. it's not improved in, the uh, like, a, a way that is conducive to winning championships or big fights with elite competition, at least. Yeah. And to fight, you know, you go up against Joanna, you need a full toolbox. You can't go in there and just be like, oh, I got to get this takedown. Right. For one, she's not the easiest person to take down. Like, you don't it, you don't often see Joanna on her back very often outside of the Shevchenko fight. Like, you, you don't often see her get put on her back. Normally when you do, she's, she'll find a way to get back up. Um, yeah, well, yeah, Waterson just, it, she had kind of no answer for anything. Just kind of got lit up <laughs> on the feet just kickboxing clinic pretty much from Joanna. Um blood pouring that poor white shirt was soaked in blood by the end of that fight like yeah she got she got busted up really bad um now i don't really have a, much else to really really say uh, i'm um, looking forward to Joanna versus uh Zhang, uh Zhang. Zhang Gang. Yeah. Still Zhang Gang. I don't care how good Yoana looks. Um. <laughs> but, no, that, that was a really, uh, really impressive performance from Yoana. No, I'll, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, uh, I'm, I'm going to do the, the not-so-hot-hot take. She she need, If Waterson wants to improve and get better and do all the things that would make her potentially fight for a title she needs to leave greg greg jackson's like it's like because her game plan is like quintessential jackson wink style of striking and like that style of striking is just like it's, it's been done to death it, like and it's been figured out it feels like yeah and 
Like, it, like, it's a whole system built on, like, doing one thing and then doing another. Like, trying to do the unexpected without laying the building blocks for it. It's a lot of, like, relying on um, natural athleticism or toughness or this, that, and the third. And not a lot about fundamentals um, and range management and all that good stuff. So... If she's gonna be, if she's gonna take, if she's gonna get back on track and go to that next level, it's only gonna get harder from here, because um, the division's just gonna keep getting better and younger. Well, she is not. She's actually one of the older women in the division, if I'm remembering right. Unless she's in like her thirties, and she's been doing this forever. Yeah, she's yeah. Change of scenery might do her some. Uh... I do her some good. Like imagine her with um like uh, Ludwig or Whitman. Yeah, Whit- Whitman might unleash the <laughs> karate for real. Might come out. Cause I think she has the tools, but it's just like like I see. I feel like she has the talent, but it's just it needs to be reworked. We gotta like between this between the size and just like the the. The the incomplete striking like it, it's just not gonna man it's just not gonna work out if she doesn't take that next step. Yeah. Hold up. It's going to see how long she's been fighting for. So she's been fighting for close to twelve years, and she's thirty three. Yeah. And you hope it's not <laughs> too late for her to like turn another corner. You don't want to rewire in the latter part of your career, but yeah, some something's gonna to have to give for uh, if she wants to turn another corner. Right. And I mean, she probably still has some good years left in her. Um. But yeah, just certain matchups for her are probably just not gonna go in her favor, depending on the skill set of who she's fighting. Like, I think matchups are really gonna be a big deal for her. Hmm. But we'll see. But Joanna just out here, just yep, she's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that looked like a prime Joanna. That looked like the Joanna of old. Um. So shout out to Joanna Young Jacek. Just put on a clinic for five rounds. Uh, got the decision over Michelle Watterson. Co-main event: Cub Swanson versus Kron Gracie. Um. Man. Good, good first round from Cub, sticking and moving, um, working a jab, throwing one twos, leg kicks, uh, not getting in close enough range for Kron to grab a hold of anything, just really doing a good job of just kind of sticking and moving and kind of putting it on Kron. Uh, I'll just say this now: Kron uh, has a crazy chin. The man ate, I don't remember the number, but it was a lot of strikes. He also has a freaking like granite body or something because yeah he because he ate every kind of like he was getting punched uppercutted body kicks hooks to the body like repeatedly in succession and just was walking through everything and at no point did the body shots ever slow him down or like stop him from moving forward um and 
in the in the in the second to third, I think Kron did a better job. And I don't I don't know if it was what Kron was doing or if Cub just got tired because he had to throw like eight hundred strikes, and Kron still wasn't going away. But in the second and third, it was like Kron was did a kind of a better job of being able to get in closer. Um, Cub wasn't able to kind of like stick and move so much. They would have instances where they traded back and forth. Um, they started to clinch a little more because Cub wasn't like getting away so fast. And it made the fight like a bit more dirty, a bit more grimy. But, um, yeah, just really crazy level toughness for Kron. I call um, it, I will uh, say, no, oh, I, I, I called him bootleg Brian Ortega. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not probably not too far off. I, I guess. And somebody else pointed this out on Twitter. And I'll kind of add my own little uh, remix spin on this. Uh, in 2019, um, if you are strictly a jiu-jitsu practitioner and you're getting into MMA, um, you got to work on your takedown setups, buddy. Um, and you need, like, a variety of them. Yeah. Because this whole just, like, I'm just going to push forward and try to grab you, that's dead in 2019, bro. Like, you can't, <laughs> that, this ain't, you know, this ain't the heyday when back in the day dudes didn't really know how this whole jujitsu thing worked. They didn't know that some smaller guy could just kind of grab a hold of you and get you down and submit you. Like, we are way past those days. Like, you got to get way more creative with the takedowns. Your takedown method cannot be walk in, eat a three-piece combo, and hopefully I can just grab a hold of you and push you against the fence and take you down somehow. Like that's dead. Like you got you got to find new ways. Um, so yeah. Um. Do, like he has like the pressuring part of it down. Like he just copied Maya style. All these. Freaking jujitsu people should just copy Maya style. Walk people to the cage and then shoot on their hips. And if you don't get it, you can still like, you know, get uh, go for a second shot or something. All right. But I mean, he's not that bad of a striker. It's just his defense is rudimentary. It's like high guard, um, and wait to counter, um, which worked in the back half of the. Well, I shouldn't say it worked. It was effective. In the back half of the fight, because I, I think Cub early on was moving way too much. Like I, I think he could accomplish a lot of what he was doing if he uh, he took a you know pivot a little bit more and took a few less like wide like retreating steps. But um, like I I completely lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, like he 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 was landing. Like when he threw, he was landing. By the end of the fight, they had landed like a um, a similar clip, believe it or not. Yeah, it was like it was like two hundred something. I want to say. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So, but I, it wasn't a bad performance from Kron. Like, it, I'm I'm curious if this is um like if this is like just like. Uh, um, a one-time thing when it comes to his toughness, mm-hmm. or if this is just like going to be a staple of him moving forward, where every fight he just has to like tough it out. 
I mean, I feel like if he had like more entries to take down and was more creative with it, he might have been able to pull something off of this. Like, because in the second and third, like I said, he was able to get closer a few more times, and even close enough to where he tried to like pull guard a couple times, even though it didn't work. But like he he can get within the distance. It's just that like his I don't know. When when you're just when when dudes know the game plan, they they know what to do. They just kind of well, some dudes know what to do. Some some people don't. But <laughs> like we know what you're gonna do. You're just trying to take me down. And being that you're not doing this in any really like creative ways, like you're not like you said like Maya, you're not you're not shooting for singles. You're not shooting for doubles. You just it looks like you're just trying to get in close and just drag me down. So if I can just maintain my distance, and I'll be good. But like if he just had a few more ways to kind of get in and mix it up, he probably could have made something happen. Cause like I said, he was landing shots in the second and third, and Cub was definitely starting to slow down. But he just he couldn't really get anything going. Yeah. But it was a fun fight, though. It was a, a fun one well, of those fights where you're watching. It's like, how is Gracie still? Yeah, like seriously, like Cub must Cub has to have lost like a lot of steam on his punches or something because, good God, how do you eat thirty body shots like that? Like it's nothing, right? And Cub was landing clean too. Like it wasn't like he was just like, oh, these are just like a. A glistening shot, like oh, it just rolled off. Like nah, he's 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 catching dude on the butt. Yeah, like full, like whole body committed to it and everything. Um, but uh, great, great fight. Um, great fight. Yeah, shout out to Cub. Ha- happy to see Cub get a win though, man. He he's had a rough patch going. Yeah, he dropped like his previous four <laughs> fights. Yeah, yeah, he's had a real rough patch going, man. It was, it's not been a good time for him lately. Um, really, it was really good to see him get a win. And this, to be honest, um, as good as he did, as many strikes as he landed, like this was a, this was kind of a dangerous fight because if he would have lost this, like that might have been it. Uh, Oh, oh, no, no, sorry, I just. Um, apparently the one title fight between Angel Lee and Janan wasn't mm-hmm. for the strawweight title, it was for Angel Lee's atomweight title. That makes a little bit more sense. Never mind. Y'all not say that? I don't remember. Uh, I, I, I remember I said, I said, um, oh. she was the flyweight champ, which I was like, why did she get a title shot off of two losses? <laughs> it was a title defense. So, my bad. Um, but yeah, no, uh, good fight. Uh, good, good to see. Uh, so wants to get a win, and Gracie now has something to go work on. Because his MMA career to this point has been pretty chill in terms of like resistance. Yeah, so yeah, you need one of these kind of sit you down kind of losses. Like, all right, we gotta look at the tape and. Go back because you did X, Y, and X, Y wrong. We just need to fine-tune this, fix that. Because dude is definitely really talented, but, you know, that was a, that was a big step up in competition. Um, but uh, congrats to Cub Swanson, man. Glad to see him finally get a win. Uh, it's, been, it's been a little bit. Uh, and shout-out to Cron Gracie. Look, looking forward to seeing him again, hopefully, you know, just a bit more improved. But congrats to Cub Swanson. 
got the W in what was a really awesome fight. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on to one of the greatest knockouts I've seen this year. Um, man, oh man. Uh, Nico Price uh, uh, welcoming James Vick to welterweight. Uh, he welcomed him, alright. Mm. This this fight made me realize I don't think James Vick's problems have to do with weight. And he um Vick is now added to that list of uh guys who uh can't seem to when Vic gets knocked out, he doesn't lose like a normal person. Like, his knockouts have to be really spectacular and just, like, kind of out of this world. Um, and I, I kind of figured this fight wasn't going to go too well for him because Nico's a wild man who can pressure and just kind of will throw anything at you he can think of, which is evident of how this fight ended. Um... There was really never a point in the short amount of time this fight lasted that Vic was ever comfortable. Like, Vic is kind of his best when he's at range. He can work his jab. He might be able to slip in an uppercut. He can just kind of, you know, get his offense off from a, a, a good distance. But Nico was pretty much in his face from the jump. Um, I can't remember the sequence in which James uh, he had James Vic on the ground. Um, but it was kind of wild because... At one point, Nico was, um, Vic had, I can't remember how it happened, Vic had reversed position, and was on top landing with what looked like some pretty solid ground and pound, like, it looked like he was hitting pretty hard, and it was like, oh man, he might actually hurry up and, you know, this is one moment to kind of turn around around, and boy, oh boy. Uh, he lands, Vic lands some decent ground and pound. There's a brief moment of like a little bit of separation. Nico Price throws like an axe kick, up kick. Like, <laughs> like his foot shot up and his heel like came like downward and just cracked Vic in the chin. And just, he was pretty much done from that. He didn't even need to, he died in Nico Price's arms, which is kind of wild. Like, Nico Price just holding him and punching him after the kick. And then Herb Dean finally realized, like, oh, he he's not alive. Uh, he's completely out and stopped. That was one of the wildest upkick KOs I think I've ever seen. Uh, once again, seeing Vic just kind of slump over because he's so tall. It's like, oh, boy. Like, you just, you really get the worst of it. Like, I don't know what you did in your past life deserve this, but boy, the Deets just seem to catch it. Oh, uh, your, your mic is kind of... Right, I'm good? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I hate James Vick. I think I've made that pretty clear before. <laughs> So, seeing him get knocked out in all these spectacular ways has brought me a bunch of joy in my life. Um, and, and this is no different. Nico Price. Like, what was, like, 
What do you think James Vick's team thought when, like, they were like, we're, you know what, he keeps getting knocked out at 155. We're going to move him up to 170. We're going to build him up there. He was 10-1 and one in the U. He was 10-1 in his first, like, 11 fights. So, you know, he'll be fine. And then, you know, Sean Shelby is like, hey, yeah, cool. I see you want to move up to welterweight. Here's Nigo fucking Price, the man who knocked somebody out from inside his guard off of his back. Like, do you think they were like, does Sean Shelby hate us? <laughs> I don't know what they thought, but they should have sounded the alarm. Yeah, like, they should have. Uh... He should have pulled out of this one because uh, <laughs> this is the only way it was ever going to end. I mean, not maybe not the specific, you know, up kick um, while throwing ground and pound dealio, but like, Nico Price, if he ever found James Vick's chin in any manner, uh, he was going to knock James Vick out. Yeah. Um, and knock him out, he did. Crumbled him up. Um, like like Price said in his post fight, man, fighting is not technique. Fighting is fighting. You just go out and do it. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> I can't argue. Hey, it works. It works. I could. Yeah. Dude, why yeah. can't and and like why can't the rest of this like the top of this division be like the middle of this division? Where your Nico Prices and your Tim Means and your um, uh, your Legion Leongs and uh, like all those just like super violent welterweights, right? I, I think Joey said it best. He's like, it's way safer to be inside the top ten at welterweight than it is to be outside of it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Dudes outside are just piranhas. Like, we're right. going to get to a fight later, but, like, Alex Morono and Max Griffin's another example of that. Like, that's crazy. Welterweight really is so much more fun outside of that. I, I, so, you know, the UFC title doesn't really mean anything. Like, it's just something the UFC made up. So, I feel like we should be able to make up a title and give it to whoever we want. And we just give it to, like, the welterweights outside the top 10. Yeah. Like, the number 11 welterweight is actually the best welterweight. Right. <laughs> Shout out to Jeff Neal. <laughs> Just so many, yeah, so many violent. Uh, listen, man. Um, and this ain't even really just the James Vick for like any fighter. This is me armchair quarterbacking, of course. But uh, like sometimes the weight class ain't the issue. Sometimes the weight class might make it worse. Cause like all these divisions are deep, like ain't like back in the day. It's like oh I'm gonna go up to this other weight class or go down because this weight class is a little more thin. And I can probably make a quick run to the top. Like bro, those days are over. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to two, unless you're going to two o five, two o five you might be alright. <laughs> two o five you probably you might got a chance. These lighter weight classes, every everything below like I'll say below one one eighty five and below, no go man. No go. You think you're just going to come up to the weight class and it's, it's going to be all sweet? Nah, bruh. Dudes are trying to kill you out here. And they're really good at it. Um, and they can do it in a variety of ways. And apparently, uh, up kicks are one of them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Nico Price up kicked James Vick into the uh, 
into somewhere. I don't know where he went. He put him in a black hole. So well, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he sent him to the void. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the void, just screaming. Nobody hears him. He's by himself. I hope the UFC just keeps match. Like I hope James Vick doesn't get cut. He just keeps getting matched up with like increasingly dangerous one punch knockout artists. I mean, it don't get much. Like you got like Nico Price out there. You got. Hey, they can match him up with like with Vincente Luque or something. You got Luque. I forgot. Is Randy Brown a lightweight or? Hey, he's a lightweight. Or welterweight, welterweight. Sorry. Yeah. Even him. Like these fights ain't getting much. You know. They ain't getting much easier. Even some of these, like, random contender series dudes. Who might not be, like, the most talented dudes, but they can crack. They, like, yeah, they hit <laughs> pretty freaking hard. Yeah, they, they hit hard at least. They got that going for them. So. Hey, James Vick can move up to middleweight. Try to luck with, like, Paulo Costa or something. Uh, yeah, it's, uh... Yeah. Shouts to Nico Price. Uh, dude, dude is a uh, in the world of MMA, he is a national treasure. <laughs> he is that man. Is something different. He is something different. Up kick of the year. Uh, shout out to Nico Price. He won via up kick in round one. Sent James Vick uh, to another world. Moving on down to uh, women's uh, strawweight. Amanda Rebos versus Mackenzie Dern. Um, mm. um, I'm, I'm gonna let you kick this one off. Um, so when they made this fight, I didn't really think too much about it. No, nothing much more than like, hey, uh, Mackenzie Dern's coming back really quick off that pregnancy. Good for her. Um, and to her credit, she may wait. Um, but about 10, 15 seconds into this fight, I remembered Mackenzie Dern's not a good striker. Like she, she, she's like Ronda Rousey. Like she is athletic and she hits really hard, but she is not a good striker. Like at all, she has one punch and she will throw it a lot, and sometimes it'll work, but most of the time it won't. And it showed here. Because Amanda Rebus, for all her flaws, is a very well put together fighter. And she just out kickboxed the shit out of Mackenzie Dern for 15 minutes. That was pretty cool. Um, I want to say the striking differential was something like, like the ratio was something like nine to one or ten to one or something. Um, and it's not like Dern was ever like in in like in danger of being like knocked out or whatever. Reboss seemed pretty reluctant to get into like a straight up brawl with her. Or, or to put herself in a situation where she could get like taken down against her will. But um, like we said with Kron Gracie, if your game is jujitsu and you don't have like an actual way to get the fight to the ground, like you're gonna run into a wall. And a wall she did run into because she got the she got beat bad. Um, yes. Uh, Rebus takes a wide decision over Dern. Uh, a lot of three pieces and two pieces, and the one thing I noticed <laughs> throughout this fight is like Mackenzie. Not only like the striking isn't really that great, but like 
she like puts herself in really bad spots because her striking isn't that great. Like she'll throw a really just awkward kind of looping punch and just leave herself to be open to get tagged like three or four times. Like I thought there was so many times when they traded in the pocket and McKenzie just her strikes are so wide and awkward that she just puts herself out of position. So like when she misses, it's like, oh, you got a free three piece counter. It's right there waiting for you. Because mm-hmm. she's just so just punches is just so loopy. And it's like if she lands them, yeah, you probably could put Rebus out, but you know, yeah, her... Rebus isn't some low level, you know, regional. She's she's not <laughs> like... Amanda Bobby Cooper. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, this is it's not about the work here. She's way more polished, way more talented. No disrespect to Amanda Bobby Cooper, but. Like, you could just tell, you could tell by looking at them exchange strikes, like, who's actually really good at this and who's kind of just getting their feet wet. Because, um, yeah, McKenzie was getting, she would throw that looping, <laughs> looping punch. They get in close quarters. She gets countered with, like, a three-piece reset, same thing. And then not only does she, like, like you said, she doesn't even have, like, really a, a variety of strikes. It's like, a looping punch or like a hard one too there's not it's not much else you really got to look out for um unless she tries to go in for a takedown but in terms of striking it's like i just need to dodge these maybe three punches and that's it and then i can get off whatever i need to get off because her head is going to be there she's going to be out of position and i can just tag her as many times as i want to um but yeah not not a whole ton to really dive in on that fight other than to me, this was like the diet version of the main event. <laughs> like, well, one person was just clearly, you know, in terms of striking better than the other, and it it showed. Yeah. Um, but instead of five rounds, it was only three. Yeah. Um, like, Dern's defense, man, it's just not good. Like, it's basically just like retreat and also lean back out of the way of strikes. And if, like, Rivas had at any point like just decided to like be like fuck it i'm gonna just go for it she probably could connect on something big um just like following mcdern um as she leaned back out of the way but she didn't i mean didn't, she didn't need it but it's not like 120 strikes to yeah. dern's like 20 when they, yeah, when they were showing the round by round strike totals it was crazy. <laughs> that differential was wide. Was really crazy. Yeah, but you know, Dern has some some raw talent, but it just she needs a lot of fine tuning. But like, there's definitely something there. But it just it might. I, I think it'll it might be a while before she becomes what I think people hope she can be. Um, it might take a little bit to get that point. But there's definitely something there. But yeah, she's she's gonna have to. She's definitely going to have to go back to the uh, to the drawing board on that one. But congrats to Amanda Rebaugh. She looked really good. Um, just really just a solid kickboxing clinic for three rounds. Uh, moving down to lightweight. Matt Favola versus Luis Pena. Um, this is a fun one. A fun, uh, a fun lightweight scrap. Uh, I know some people weren't a fan of the decision. Some people being Louis, Luis Pena. <laughs> yeah, he stormed out of there with, with a um, quickness. Yeah, yeah. No, no post fight interview. No, uh, 
I feel like by the time they got the first syllable of Matt's name out, he was halfway like out of the octagon already. Like mm-hmm. he, he ain't want nothing to do with it. Um, I understand his frustration, but at the same time, like I could see where he lost two rounds of that fight. I I think he the first round was close. Um, for uh, Vola started off really good because he kind of came out out the gate just letting his hands go, and he was the one kind of pressuring and body slamming and landing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Pena didn't come on strong until the tail end of that first round. Um, and he did work, but I, I think I gave it to Frivola because I, I thought his strong start kind of outweighed what, what Pena did um, in the latter half. But, you know, I'm not going to argue either way of who you get that round to. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like Pena... I kind of feel like what... Kind of similar to what I've seen sometimes, not recently, but... Um, if you look back in like Jorge Masvidal, some of his earlier fights where he has really good moments, but sometimes he, he kind of gives fights away. Um, sometimes he makes them a lot closer than maybe what they should be kind of leaving for split decisions like this to happen. Kind of feel like that's what happened in this fight. Like Pena had really good moments. He was going in and that, uh, <laughs> that, that flying knee boy he did the fake wind up of the arm and then threw the flying knee that was really dope um he had a lot of good moments in the second round he was tagging for roll up a pretty good number of times like when he when he was actually actively engaging and being creative like it was definitely working but there were other moments where i felt like like when he wasn't engaging he wasn't it was like he was just kind of waiting for something to happen and i think he just kind of left in a fight that's close, you kind of can't leave that room of error. Right. Like the, the, he let Frivola stay around. Like he, there were points in the third round where he was just letting Frivola um, basically off the hook, and and Fr- right. Frivola would come forward like behind the like a big overhand right, and Pena wouldn't pivot. He just back up, like and sometimes it would catch him, sometimes it wouldn't, but. He, like you can't let your guy off the hook like that because you're just gonna give him more time to work. Yeah, like he he would he would back up. He would kind of feign in like you think he's about to throw something, but then nothing happens. Right. And it's like, yeah, you you let this. Even though you maybe should have won, you I'm almost can't really be mad because like this was you let this kind of get you let him off you let him off like. If you just had a little, if you put your foot on the pedal just a little more, um, like Pena is all the most like annoying parts of fighting somebody who's like super tall and strong, where like they're able to get like these weird like if you're trying to brace to get up, he's able to like lock your arm behind your back or something like that, or um or or that that weird ass buggy choke he went for in the first round from side control, where he tried to try like he basically triangled. Um, uh, Favola from side control using one of his legs and his arms because they're so damn long uh, from side control. And you know, it didn't work, but it got him out, it got him off the ground. Um, but like, he also doesn't have any of the tools that like are that actually win like these long people like rounds, you know what I mean. Like they're all tools that you can use to win instances, but like, where's the jab? Where, where's the distance management? Where's the um? 
where's the lever like where's the leverage in the clinch that you're supposed to be having like yeah yeah it was it was kind of frustrating because Pena has so many good moments and it's like oh, I really wanted you to get this win like and I felt like it was there it was definitely there for you to get the win and it's just that last round it just kind of <laughs> just kind of slipped like right out of his hands um but I mean it was a really good fight um it was a nice back and forth they both had their moments but yeah Pepena just kind of he just kind of let this one slip away uh so Pavola got the win via split decision and he was the hometown uh, guy too I want to say so but you know you live and you learn I guess still like violent by Ross it was a pretty fun fight just you know next time you gotta gotta keep the foot on the pedal but moving on to the last fight of the main card, Eric Anders versus Gerald Mearshart. Um, basically, this was a uh, middleweight kickboxing match. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this fight other than I felt like when Anders hit, he hits really hard. Uh, his hits had a little more oomph to him. Uh, he, I think I gave him the first round. Uh, Mearshart did pretty decent in the second. He was doing better at kind of sticking and moving. Um, doesn't hit or isn't like the athlete that Anders is, but was able to put things together better in the second round in terms of, you know, putting together some decent combinations, sticking and moving and not being there too much to like get hit in return. Um, so I think I gave Mearshart the second round. And I'm be honest, with you, I don't remember the third. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, at I'm all. be honest with you. This is the one fight where I actually zoned out for the entirety of the fight, and I didn't see it. I mean, yeah, it, it was it was kind of one of those, to be honest. It wasn't like it was a decent fight, but it 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 you know, if you missed it, did you miss it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, it, it was a cool fight, but not anything too crazy. It was literally it was just a it was just a decent like kickboxing matchup, pretty much. So we won't really spend much much time digging into something that doesn't really need to be analyzed all that much. But Eric Anders got the split decision win uh, over Eric Anders. Yard, does. So. Yeah, <laughs> so congrats to him. You know, eking out these just really close fights. Um. Now, but I'll say again, though, giving props to Anders. Like, I remember watching him in LFA. Um, and, like, I liked what I saw, but I didn't think he was UFC ready. And he's honestly done much better than the UFC than I, I thought he would have. So, I'll, I'll give props to him for that. So, congrats to Eric Anders. Got the split decision win. Uh, and then the prelim portion of the card. So, uh, I can't really comment on some of these fights. Most of them I'll kind of only watch once because there was so much to rewatch that. I couldn't go back and really watch everything. Um, but uh, headline in the prelims was Ryan Spann versus Devin Clark. Um, happy to see Ryan Spann get the W. He was an LFA guy, so always root for the LFA dude. Actually, I think Devin Clark might have been too. But I like Ryan Spann better. <laughs> and, and Devin Clark, what was that going on with his beard? Yeah, that was, yeah don't do that. Um, don't do hey, that. This whole fight, this Everybody whole fight was, was don't do that, the fight. It was until it was over. <laughs> it was until it was over. Like I don't remember the fight and done the detail, but I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, this is a two hundred five fight." This it is, was uh... Ryan Spann. Like, 
uh, like nonchalantly tiptoeing towards Devin Clark <laughs> for like eight minutes, not doing anything, and Devin Clark panicking, backing into the fence, and then throwing like an overhand right or shooting for a takedown from like six feet away. It was like it, it, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> you know what? There's nothing else to be said other than you know what. It ended in a submission, and thank God this fight ended when it did because it. This was one of those fights that it looked like had this went three rounds, this would have been a fight that we all would have hated. This would have. Um, yeah, it would have been a fight where nobody was really yeah. aware. Like, <laughs> it would have. It was on the way to becoming one of like those. You, it's a fight where if you won, you lose your ranking. Right. Yeah, you move back in the rankings. Actually, like we might take half your fight purse. Um, you don't even get Reebok next time. Give you like the store brand. I don't even know what the store brand is, but that's what you get. <laughs> get the Aldi version. But um, congrats to Ron Span though. Got a guillotine choke, uh, and saved us all from what might have been a crazy lackluster fight had it continued. All right. Moving on to, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we kind of got to talk about it. Mike Davis versus Thomas Gifford. Um, I guess off top, I'll give props to Mike Davis because he, he took this on short notice. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Took this on really short notice. So uh, good on him for taking the fight, saving the fight. Um, this is one of those fights where, unfortunately, like a really great performance is probably going to get overshadowed by other happenings. Um, this fight, and I'm not going to go in like a ton of technique detail, but this fight was Mike Davis kickboxing the life out of Thomas Gifford. Um, like, it wasn't close. Like, at all. Like, you, the only... Thing you could really say about Gifford is you were just kind of wondering like bro how is he even still alive right now because he got hit with like everything you could imagine um like he was clearly being outclassed like there's being outclassed and then that there's being outclassed and it's like uncomfortable to watch and by like the middle and end of the second round that's what it had come to where it's like all right he clearly has no answer for what's going on. He is battered. He is getting destroyed. This, this fight is not even remotely close. We don't need to see this. Yeah. Like, I I don't know what their logic was for sending him back out there. Team Relentless. Okay, that might explain it. Um, so, according to this... Gifford Jr. is the coach, and I'm assuming that's uh, the Gifford that was in the cage. And Gifford Sr. is the owner. I'm not seeing a whole bunch of other staff. So I'm going to assume yeah, Thomas Gifford's dad was in his corner. Yeah, he was. They mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And that, for me, made this so much worse. You remember that fight? Um... Where the boxing match where the one guy is like 
the, the one coach is in the corner and he's basically screaming at his uh, the kid's dad to save the fight because the dad's in the corner too. Yeah. I can't remember which fight that was, but he's like, I'm saving your son's life. And I just wanted to be like, dude, Thomas Gifford needed somebody in his corner to be that guy yeah. to convince his dad to throw in the towel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could not imagine sending my son. And I don't have a son, but like hypothetically, or even if you know I got little brothers. If my little brothers fought, I could not imagine watching my little brother get absolutely demolished, like the way Gifford did, and me actually consciously like, all right, you can go for a third round. Like, not even just being like you can go for a third round, being like you're going to go for a third round. Right. And you're going to win, damn right. it. That should have been one of those fights where, unfortunately, <clears throat> it's still unfortunately ended in a death, but the the cornerman for Dadashev, right. when he literally, like, he had to sit him down, like, bro, if you don't show me something, I'm we're stopping this, because... You're not do like you're taking way too much damage, and like there was nobody in Gifford's corner to do that. Like nobody saved him from himself. The referee <laughs> didn't save him from himself. They just let this man like he probably got years taking off his career. Like years of his career got just beaten out of him yesterday. And there are so many ways to put this in context and just just. Like, you just have to look, like, was this really worth it? Like, it's not like you're in, like, a championship fight. You weren't fighting for a million dollars. You weren't making a ton of money off this fight. Like, what were you... This just didn't need to happen. Like, at all. And then, like, I don't even really want to talk about the KO. Like, I couldn't even sell it. Like, when the KO happened, I was just kind of like, this is nasty. Like, this is... And I can't blame Mike Davis, you fight until someone tells you to stop over. yeah but it's like bro this this is not he did not need to face plant that fight this fight should have never gotten to that yeah point. like this fight would have came in over in the first round yeah I, I first i'll give you part of the second to see if your guy can rebound but by like halfway through the second you kind of saw and guys if you didn't see the fight like, it wasn't just, like, he got technically pieced up. Like, Everything he, he got was hit with hurt. Yeah. Like, he was eating bombs the entire fight. And it was just, like, ugh. Un- like, uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that, that face plan was just, like, God, I hope this guy's okay but from what i heard like he's okay um i, I read a uh i don't know if he posted on ig or twitter but uh i saw a post from uh, gifford he they went to the hospital um he was cool like they did like a, a cat scan or uh whatever the test like they run and apparently he was cool no damage or or anything but bro like like if anybody from his gym is listening to this like bro don't don't ever do that again that's that is disgusting. Like, let let your guy live. Like he's probably never gonna be the same after that fight. Yeah, and it didn't need to come to that. But I don't know. 
we it feels like every every so often we have to have that talk about I mean boxing does it too but I feel like boxing I've seen it I've seen boxing be much better in terms of it probably still needs to happen more than it does but at least in boxing I can point to instances where I've seen corners be like all right like I'm gonna give you this last round and if you don't show me anything we're stopping right. and like it actually got stopped for some reason in MMA dudes are just willing to let their fighter go out well, well, I, I think a large part of it comes down to um like boxer coaches are just kind of used to people dying in ways that MMA coaches aren't like there has not there has yet to have been a high profile death in the in the cage in the UFC or pride or strike force or whatever like there has been in um boxing um i'm sure a lot of these guys a lot of these coaches um know the story of like you know what happened with ray mancini and that korean boxer for example um whose name escapes me at the moment uh ah, duke uh duke kim um like that was a big thing in 1982 i'm sure a lot of the coaches around now know about that story um in mma like i like until somebody like like and it's not that it's never happened like it's happened in it happened in ireland not too long ago and it happened in um you know south america um yeah, you're here on like smaller. Regions. Yeah, like yeah. Until so. somebody dies in like a UFC or a Bellator card, like you're probably not gonna see be, see people be too cautious, and even then, it's gonna be like a slow, gradual thing. All right. Yeah, no, it's sad. Yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It is. It was. Yeah, that was one of those fights. I was like, yeah, I, I can't even. I don't even really want to rewatch this. I didn't rewatch it. Like, bro, I don't need to. I didn't it. see it the first was, time. Like, yeah, that was not fun. That was not fun. But congrats to Mike Davis. Uh, really great performance, and on short notice, he was a. I think he was a contender series guy. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, shout out to him. Just good, good performance. Looking forward to seeing him again. Um, I don't know if Gifford gets a call back. I don't know. He probably shouldn't. Yeah, probably shouldn't. He's but, uh, he's zero two in the UFC. Yeah, Ugh, man. But I'm I'm glad Gifford at least for now seems like be okay. So I'm I'm glad dude is okay. But yeah, cornermen, coaches, family members, bro, you gotta save. You have to save people from themselves. He's a fighter. He's gonna keep fighting. That's what he does for a living. But you gotta know when to reel him in. You you gotta know when to reel them in. But uh, congrats to Mike Davis. He got the KO uh, in the third round. Moving on, Alex Morono versus Max Griffin at welterweight. Boy, I just knew this fight was gonna be a good time, and it it was. <laughs> it, it's this fight was a great time. Um, oh. Because we're on time, I don't want to spend too much time on the rest of these fights. But, boy, Max... Well, f first, congrats to Morono for getting the W. But, um, boy, Max Griffin is an alien. Like, <laughs> that... like the fact that he went through the, sec the, the second half of that second round and not only managed to meet the, the bell 
toward the end of the fight, but to win the third round? Third round, right. Impressively third. Like That's fucking insane. Yeah, because <laughs> Morono caught that man with... Everything. Yeah. He got first the head kick, beautiful head kick. Head kicked him, caught him like right on the chin, knocks him down. He got knee, elbow, uppercutted, spinning back fist. He caught Mac Morono hit Max Griffin with everything. And somehow this man lives and then literally came out in the third round and just kept taking Morono down and won the third round. Even though he still lost the fight, but if you would have saw the end of the second and the third it's like he, it's like nothing ever happened. Like he was completely recovered. Um, insane, insane. Um, another example of guys outside the top fifteen at welterweight <laughs> who are just like, you don't want that smoke, man. Like, I don't want to fight that. What I'm supposed to do with exactly. that? I knee you in the face and spinning back fist you, and in the third round you're still you're still here. Um, man, is that that's two in a row for Morono? Uh, three. I'm gonna say three. Three in a row. Right, let me check. Good streak. Good streak. Let me double check. Yes, uh, Zach Otto and Kanan Song. There so. you go. Yep, and dude's added power to his like arsenal. Hey, he's a four-time MMA guy now. Hey, and you, yeah, and if you guys don't know, if you ain't been in the know. Fortis MMA is the place I mean, to be. <laughs> I mean, two of the dudes picked up wins here. Uh, Morono yeah, and uh, Span. Has, they have been on one. Like, that gym is, I don't know what they're doing over there, but they are turning guys into some killers. Um, nah, awesome, awesome win for Morono. Really good performance. Great, just a great performance from both fighters, man. That was one of those fighters, fights where you didn't really want anybody to lose because dudes were just out there going for it. It was an amazing fight. Um, so congrats to Morono. Um, I'll let you handle this next fight. All I have to say is Tim Elliott lost because of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he did when he walked outside that day. You knew what was gonna happen. Um, uh, uh, Tim Elliott started off the fight pretty good. Like his movement and like his his quick, touchy, like not a hundred percent punches were like really throwing off Figueroa's game. And then he dove in on a double leg. And Figueredo caught him in the guillotine and instantly choked him out. Or for, or at least choked him so hard that he submitted pretty damn quickly. Um, that did not stop Figueredo from, you know, holding on for just a little bit longer. Really getting that squeeze in before the ref had to come and pull him off of, him, of Elliot. And Elliot was not happy about that. Um, so yeah, first round submission went for Davis Figueredo. Hey. Dude, dude's a killer, man. Like, what is he, like 5-1 and one at uh, Flyweight with four stoppage wins, or? Give this, give this man his title shot. Yeah, fuck it. One, two, three, four, five, six and one with four stoppage wins. Like, even if he doesn't win, he makes it entertaining. <laughs> that dude is just he's one of those guys that you just always want to see one of his fights because you know something's wild something wild's right um, I'm, I'm, I'm with it I'm with it um, they wanted to do they uh, not that he want, he called out um, what's his face 
Uh, he called out Joseph Benavides, asked why Joseph Benavides was scared to fight him. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that, but that that's the fight. That's the fight we gotta see until either Cejudo vacates or comes back. Maybe on another podcast, but I, I've been thinking of these last uh, couple cards. Maybe flyweight's okay. Flyweight's great. No, no, I mean in right. terms of like, it's still around. Like, they're not gonna pull the rug out from under an axe of division. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I can't. I can't put it past them. I just can't do it. Yeah, I can't either. I'm feeling slightly more optimistic. A little bit. But I still, I think we still won't know until Cejudo vacates or loses his belt. Whatever happens after that will probably let us know what they're going to do. Right. Um, but Flyweight's been rocking, man. Flyweight has... Boy, they, they've been on one. Um, so congrats to Davidson Figueroa. Got the win over Tim Elliott. Uh, moving on down. I'll try to kind of speed through these next couple. But I got to give a lot of props, man. Marlon Cheeto Vera versus Andre Yule. Um, I was actually watching this fight while I was on the way to get Chinese food. So, <laughs> it was. I was watching it, but, you know, distractions and such. But, um, Cheeto Vera, man, this dude is just awesome. And I knew this was going to be a fun fight. You knew there were going to be a lot of hands being thrown. And that's what we got. Um, I wish I remembered this in more specific detail. But like I said, I was on the way getting food while I was like halfway watching. I, I got you. I got you. I remember this. Uh, Marlon Vera, in the first round, um, notoriously slow starter, decides, you know what? I'm going to go for a standing arm and, uh, arm and head joke. Uh, a standing triangle joke. Tried it twice, yeah. I think. <laughs> he got it pretty deep in, in that first round. Um, he got put on his back and was in guard, but he still had it locked in on uh, well, uh, but Yule managed to get out. Um, but from that second and that second round on, dude, just, what a fucking tornado of violence this man is. They just got progressively better as the fight went on. Um, just, my favorite part of his game is was the over-under um, clinch. Where he was just digging those knees into the chest of Yule. And like he landed like five or six of them. And they were devastating. And you could see Yule's body could kind of just cringe up a little bit. It was just really... Ugh. Um, the elbows and the clinch. Um, he was starting to put his combinations together. Um, and what what really did it for him was like the leg kicks, the leg kick because Yule really likes to throw those um, long rangey uh, crosses from southpaw. Like that, that's like ninety percent of his game. And Vera just got rid of that by kicking at Yule's lead leg until like he just could not keep his stance, and he just backed completely into the fence. Um, so props to Vera because that's five in a row, and I want to say they're all by stoppage. Like get to do the big fight. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's yeah he's one of those guys who definitely needs a big fight. He's really fun to watch, and he's been out here just handling business. Um, boy, that division is so fun. <laughs> that division is so fun. Um, but yeah, mad mad yeah mad props to to Marlon Cheeto Vera man. That that dude is he's awesome. He is awesome. So yeah, but give give him a top fifteen guy man. Let's let's see what he can 
Let's see what he can do. Um, and the last three fights, we'll just kind of cruise through these. Um, Miguel Beza, who I think this was his debut. I yes, say. he's um, um he's a two a contender series dude. Yeah, so he's uh still undefeated. He is now eight and zero. Uh, he got a uh KO uh, TKO over Hector Aldana. Uh, Marvin Vittori got a unanimous decision over Andrew Sanchez, and JJ Aldridge and Lauren Mueller brawled it out. <laughs> um, but Aldridge got the win via unanimous decision. Um, so that was UFC Tampa. It was a good card, man. Like, there were a lot, all of these fights were pretty, like I said, outside of the span fight, but it, the way it ended good, so I was okay with it. Like, outside of that, man, like, all of these fights for me were pretty good. Um, not, we say this a lot, maybe didn't have, like, superstar power, but there were a lot of good, I'd say, like, mid-level on here. Yeah, and again, we talked about this last week, but it was really bizarre watching like all the fights that we were interested in happen on the prelims. Right. <laughs> but you know, it happens. Um, it was a solid yeah, card. It happens. It was a solid yeah. fight night. Um, with a lot of good like back and forth violent fights. Yeah, I think that was the story this week. There was a lot of violence this weekend, man. Like. And just all the cards from one championship to... Well, I can't speak on Bellator, but... No, um, Bellator to, was hella violent from what I saw. The little bits I saw. Um, Melvin Manhoff just... Mm, and mm. and Nemkov. Just every time he hit, every time Nemkov hit Carvalho, it, it, it looked like Carvalho had been shot with a shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, man. So it, yeah. If you if you missed out this weekend, there was a lot to watch, man. A lot to catch up on. Um, yeah, man. This this is a really fun. Probably the most fun, one of the more fun weekends of fights that I've I've had. Even from from PFL on to to everything else. But um, no, nah, I'm just great weekend of fights. If you missed any of these cards, go back and give them a watch. All of them are worth it. There was a lot of quality violence spread around a lot of good fighters great performances new faces old faces everything there's something for everybody in between all these these fights that happened um so yeah that was ufc tampa really good card go back and give it a watch if you have not got a chance um i mentioned earlier we'll be taking a two-week hiatus but that don't mean that you shouldn't uh still be out here watching fights because there will be plenty of upcoming cards. Um, next week, we got UFC Boston, uh, Boston with uh, Wadman and Reyes also on the card. Jeremy Stevens and Yara Rodriguez get the fight again. Macy Barber versus Jillian Robertson. I'm going to skip over uh, Mr. Lozon. <laughs> uh, Deron Wynn, Darren Stewart, Kevin Holland, Brendan Allen, Boston Salmon, Randy Costa. Uh, Kyle Bakniak's on the card. Manny Bermudez is on the card. That looks like it's going to be a pretty good time. Um, actually, hold up. Before I forget, uh, got to give Bellator some love. Um, I'm going to skip that Mira Nelson, too. Um, I'm going to go skip ahead <laughs> to the next one. Um, upcoming on 
October 26th. Yep. Uh, Bellator 232. This is going to be a great one, man. Roy McDonald versus Douglas Lima. The rematch. Also got Paul Daly versus Sabah Hamasi. Vitaly Minikov versus Javi Ayala. Uh, Patrick Mix is back versus Dominic Masoda. Nick Newell versus Luis Muro. Uh, Van Rusmalen versus Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lencioni. Lencioni, yeah. So, Bruce Marlin making his uh, Bellator debut. So oh, and Nick Newell. That's going to be fire. Yeah, and Nick, yep, Nick Newell, uh, who they finally signed to a long, uh, I didn't say long, but like a multi-fight deal. So, we'll get to see more of him. And I'm, um, UFC. I'm sure the PFL is doing, um, is going to have cards. I don't remember which one. Yeah, probably, yeah, they should be doing another, because uh, they did what, that was welterweight and women's lightweight. So, yeah, they, yeah they, their season should be... Uh, next Friday, yeah, off. next Friday, um, they have, what divisions are these? Uh, men's lightweight and featherweight, so. Oh, so they were Nathan Schultz, he, he up there? Uh, yes. Andre Harrison, I don't know, I'm not even looking at it, but I'm just thinking the names. <laughs> is Andre Harrison here? I don't think he's here. Oh, no, there he is. Here he is. Andre Harrison, Daniel Pineda, uh, Jeremy Kennedy, um, Ramsey Nijum, Chris Wade, Rashid Magomedov, yeah, so Lance Palmer. So names you know if you've been watching PFL. Okay. And then UFC Singapore, also on the 26th. Been asking Damian Maya, Michael Johnson, returning to lightweight versus Stevie Ray. Uh, Cyril Gane versus Dante May, Sergey Pavlich versus Maurice Green, Frank Camacho, Benil Dariush. Uh, Nanyan, Ashley Yoder, I don't know if this card's fully filled out, but it doesn't matter. E either way, there are a lot of fights upcoming within these next couple weeks, probably between a lot of different promotions, so, you know, get in where you fit in. There'll be violence free somewhere on some network or some streaming service. Somewhere somebody's getting punched in the face, so, watch it. Oh, one championship is back again. Who was on Don of Valor? Who we got? Is it one of those like contender heroes cards? Oh, John Lineker. Oh, cool. John Lineker versus Muin Gaffara. We get to see John Lineker um, soccer kick somebody to death. Right. <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie, I don't really care about any of the other fights on this card. <laughs> but John Lineker's on it, so watch it. Because uh, it's John Lineker. So it's, it's gonna be fun. But, uh, yeah, man, just, yeah, a lot of fights upcoming, so there will be plenty, plenty of, uh, fisticuffs to go around. But, um, I guess that's pretty much it, unless you got any last closing, uh, things before we do parting shots and shoutouts. I think we pretty much, uh, did a pretty good job of covering the 9,000 fights <laughs> that happened this weekend. Um, no, no, wait. No. Oh, I forgot. We, we, we don't got to talk about it, but uh, uh, Ali and the scuffle. Did you hear about that? Oh, yeah. No. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shots at Ali Abdul. Um, Aziz, or whatever the hell his name is. Because he's a tool. He continues to be a tool. Um, and, sh you know what? Shout out to... um. So, actually, I, I keep forgetting that he's, like, a judge now. It's really weird because I, I knew him when I was, like, 10 years old. But Dave Torelli, 
um, was one of the judges last night for um, for USC Tampa, and I like I, he was my karate coach, like when I was like hey. ten. <laughs> yeah, so shouts to like I like I'm just kind of surprised that I haven't judged anything to be honest with you. Kind of crazy, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no shouts to him. I guess because he's still out here doing his thing. I, I I vaguely remember him not being a good coach, not coach, judge. Um, he was a fine coach, but or trainer or sensei or whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, but he's the only judge last night who gave Michelle Watson a round. So, uh. <laughs> David, what are you doing, man? <laughs> he, he gave her the third when she took um Juana's back. Which no. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing came of that. <laughs> oh man, you got you got to chill out, David. You got to chill out, bro. Um, I guess from my parting shot and shout outs, um, I got two, I got two shout outs. Um, shout out to, um, uh, what is her name? Allison Phoenix. Oh, sorry, Felix. Allison Felix. Uh, she is a USA Olympic sprinter, and she uh, broke Usain Bolt's uh, record. She is now the, I want to say, the most, let me get this right, let me get this right. She is the most, uh, she has a record for the most world title. Uh, she now has 12 after she won. Uh, she just got a gold medal on the mixed gender 4x400 relay team. Uh, so she now has 12 world uh, championships. And she just gave birth like 10 months ago. So, shout out to Allison Phoenix. Um, Showing Mackenzie Dern how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Allison Phoenix. Out here holding it down. Um, I think that was the whole situation, too, with her and um, Nike about her getting pregnant. Oh, yeah. They, like, cut. They, like. Yeah. They, they, they I think drop they dropped her? her over it. Yeah. Yeah, something crazy. And she out there breaking world records. So Nike, y'all are bugging. She's breaking world records. Like, y'all don't know women get pregnant? Like, what is what? You know what? That's, that's a whole nother. We didn't get into it. Life is strange. Drama. Yes. <laughs> but shout out to Allison Felix. That's that's an awesome accomplishment. And I got to do a local shout out, man. Um, For the home state here in Maryland. Uh, shout out to Keith Bossier. Uh, if you are in Maryland specifically, if you're in Baltimore. Run a man. Uh, you, yeah, man, you know him as the Baltimore running man. Uh, and to put in context, man, I moved to Baltimore in 90... I don't live in Baltimore anymore, but I was in Baltimore from 94-ish to 2005. This man has been running the Baltimore streets for, like, as long as I've been alive. Like, I used to live in East Baltimore, and... If you lived in East Baltimore, if you've been up like Monument Street or close to downtown Baltimore, you've seen the running man. Like <laughs> the man just literally runs everywhere. Um, but uh, he got a sponsorship uh, with the uh, shoe and clothing store uh, retailer uh, DTLR. And I got a chance to watch a commercial they did for him uh, the other day. It was really dope. Um Really, really awesome commercial. He just kind of talks about, you know, motivation for running, um, 
and things like that, like while he runs. Um, but no, it, it it was just really really awesome. Like this is a guy who's, like I said, if you if you're familiar with Baltimore, if you're from there, um, you know of the Baltimore running man. Uh, you may know his story about the uh, kidney disease. Um, and he, I think he mentions that in the, uh, commercial about, um, like, he doesn't let his kidney disease stop him, he's just gonna keep running. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was just awesome to see this guy who wasn't, he wasn't running for attention, he doesn't bring any attention to himself, he literally is just out here running, minding his own business, and it just kind of became, like, this awesome thing that a lot of people followed and supported, and he's, you know getting recognized for it after all these years so shout outs to the running man uh with the dtlr uh sponsorship that's pretty awesome keep running bro running way more than uh, i think he runs like 20 miles he runs a marathon every day which yeah yeah if he wanted to stay healthy (laughs) seems counterintuitive but it's working for him so i can't say anything yeah he's still out here (laughs) he's still the man said he just, he said he don't run to compete. He just loves running. And he, he does it every day. So, shout-outs to the Baltimore Running Man for the, and uh, DTLR for sponsoring him. Um, and just once again, man, uh, positive thoughts, prayers to uh, Patrick Day. Um, I've been randomly just, like, Googling his name while we've been uh, on here. But nothing uh, as of late. I don't think it's really broke other than him. Uh, undergoing the surgery but haven't heard anything after that but uh well wishes man prayers to to patrick day uh hoping for a a recovery uh so just keep them in your thoughts guys but um that's it for today man we didn't cover 80,000 fights and actually in pretty good time i say i'm gonna give us a pat on the back for this we had two hours and 49 what happens we ignore the the two or three bellator cars that happened because hey man (laughs) <laughs> sacrifices had to be made i mean I don't, I, I, i'm not judging like that was a bad card on paper i mean we we gave them a brief we gave them a little I footnote talked about them Kyle. yeah we gave them a little footnote y'all know y'all know they exist <laughs> but um nah man we covered a lot of fights so go back and watch all the fights we mentioned because there, there were a lot of awesome fights but um yeah man we're gonna go ahead and end this and like i said uh, we'll be on a two-week hiatus, so don't forget about us. Don't be cheating on us with other podcasts. If you listen to another don't podcast, I swear to God, I will materialize in your house and slap you. Right. And I'm going to unplug your headphones. Mm. <laughs> Take your phone, unplug your laptop, taking your charger cord. Don't you go cheat on us with another podcast. Don't you do I it. I dare you. If you do, if you, if you do, you know, black suits are coming. But be gone for two weeks, so no Wyvin Reyes, no Ask Amaya. But we'll be back uh, for November the 2nd for Masvidal Diaz. So be back on the lookout, but I'll be on vacation until then. So you guys be good. Don't get in trouble. Keep sharing. Make sure you share this episode a lot because you won't hear from us for a little bit. So make sure you share this with everybody you know. And tell them we covered like 80,000 cards in less than three hours. So. Go ahead and get out of here, man. As always, you can give this podcast a listen. SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. 
follow me on Twitter and especially Twitch at Serial Sensei since I'm on vacation and I will be very active on Twitch, or at least I plan on being. So if you're a gamer, follow me on Twitch at Serial Sensei. Follow Antakul on Twitter at GC Zeus. And uh, yeah, that's all we got for today. So as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. Until then, we will see you guys next time.